Salutations! Welcome to Podmortem. I'm Travis Hunter, joined as always by my co-host, my sister, and my brother-in-law. Hi, I'm Renee Hunter Vasquez. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. This week, we're broadcasting live from the Lewis and Clark discussing the 1997 science fiction horror film, Event Horizon. This film was directed by Paul W.S. Anderson from a screenplay by Philip Eisner. Drawing inspiration from Alien, The Haunting, and The Shining, Event Horizon boasts a stellar cast as well as memorable special effects work and gruesome imagery. Though the film became a victim of studio meddling and was poorly received by critics and at the box office, Event Horizon eventually became a hit on home release and over the years has grown into something of a cult classic. This film was suggested to us by friends of the show, Megan McCollum, Chris Watford, Donna Eason, Bertha Lopez, and Sophie Hodson. This film was also the winner of our November Patreon poll, so thank you to all of our patrons who participated and voted. If you'd like to help us decide an episode, join us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash thepodmortem. So, Event Horizon, what were your first impressions on the film? I know I had seen the movie, but I didn't remember a lot. I mean, I remember like key, key parts, but uh, I didn't remember the journey. Mm-hmm. So watching this, I went in with a fresh, I'm like, this is a, a first watch. Let's watch it. You know what I mean? Try to forget what I know. Yeah. Um, uh, this was great. Uh, <laughs> this movie was good. Um, I enjoy this sci-fi horror. What's going on here? Like Alien? Yes. Like, this is good. I, I do like the setting. I like the cast. Yeah. I was surprised. I didn't remember some people. Mm-hmm. And when I seen it, I was like, hey, I know who that is. <laughs> so I, I did enjoy this movie a lot. I did, too. I kind of thought that I would because I'm discovering that I'm really into the sci-fi yeah. horror. And uh, before this had even come up on the Patreon or anything like that, my friend at work, Chris, you just shouted out a second ago, but... Uh-huh. <laughs> I had, I think I was talking about how much I've discovered that I really like sci-fi mm-hmm. horror. And she's like, have you seen Event Horizon? And I was like, no. She's like, you need to fucking watch Event Horizon. And I was like, oh, I will. And I just kind of tucked it away. And then when it came up again on the Patreon, I'm like, I'm going to like this. Like, yeah. I knew I was going to. And I did. Big surprise. <laughs> well, the films that were also on that poll, I did not expect Event Horizon to win. No, me neither. So this was a very pleasant surprise. Yeah. yeah. But when it did, I was like, hell yes. Like, <laughs> I'm finally going to watch this. And just the beginning when they're showing the cast, I was right. like, God damn. Like, it's crazy. It really is. And you would think, I mean, for as much horror as we've consumed, right? it's very odd that this one slipped through the cracks. Yeah. And then watching it and the people on the Patreon and everybody saying how good it is and then learning that everybody hated it when it came out. Yeah. Yeah. That upset me. Yeah. I was just like, were we watching the same movie? Cause I, it's (laughs) not, I'm not going to sit here and say it's perfect, but I had a great time watching it. Mm -hmm. I think I saw an IMDb. It has like a 35 on Metacritic. That's crazy. Yeah. I was like, are you fucking kidding? Come on. I, this for me was the first time watch. I've never seen this film. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think the only thing that I ever saw about this film, there's one (laughs) picture that always makes the rounds. That is very spoilerific. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's the only thing I ever knew about the film. So I I kind of knew. You were spoiled. A little bit. Or, you know, it could have been a dream sequence. Right. 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 So I didn't know how much spoiled I was, but I was very spoiled. (laughs) (laughs) When I accidentally see something, that's always what I tell myself. Yeah. Yeah. That's not real. It's just uh, (laughs) that was a dream. Yeah. It's just raspberry jam. (laughs) (laughs) 
but no, I was I was very very pleasantly surprised. Paul W S Anderson. I've seen very few films by him that I enjoyed. Oh, and so well, I don't. I'm not trying to be a dick. You, <laughs> your reaction made me feel worse. <laughs> Yikes! I'm just saying I I haven't been a massive fan of his work, but this film, as good as it is, genuinely changed my mind about him. Hmm. All right, and I would prefer that he did more work like this. I don't, <laughs> I don't again what a backhanded compliment. you keep you keep giving me a look and i'm just, <laughs> i just feel like i mean i don't know i don't know if you've seen resident evil the film series no yeah. i was just not a games. big fan of his of those films um i like mila jovich and, right and right he was right, supposed right. to do the x-men he was but instead oh, he did wow. this yeah no don't do that <laughs> He also did Mortal Kombat before this, which I enjoyed very much as a kid. Yeah, that one wasn't bad. The second one wasn't good. Yeah, that was pretty (laughs) bad. (laughs) The first one was okay, though. Yeah, I'll give him that. I do think it's odd that they, and again, I don't mean to go into like a Mortal Kombat thing, but that they made that (laughs) PG-13. Yeah. The the fucking fatalities are like the major. (laughs) No, it's a lot. Yeah, that was a bad choice. But this is rated R. Right luckily because didn't halfway through they were like no this needs to be pg-13 i think he scared the fuck out of the (laughs) (laughs) producers because they will get into it in a bit but there was a lot of like meddling right after the fact it was actually from mortal Kombat that he kind of just got carte blanche to make whatever he wanted Right. right and they kept sending him a bunch of scripts and then it was this one that he landed on and he changed it he tweaked it and i think that what he did with it is very interesting right right for some reason there's always this thing for me when science and religion come together in a film yeah i think it's very interesting prince of darkness yeah. prince of darkness that's yeah that's kind of the blueprint yeah but i did speaking of carpenter i saw that after this film it came out and kind mm-hmm. of bombed and nobody really liked it kurt russell said to anderson give it 15 years he would know right exactly because the thing man (laughs) yeah which again is another big surprise that how the hell can you see that and hate it yeah no shit and that's all i was thinking with this film i was like how could anyone watch this and be like oh this is garbage yeah (laughs) but it it found its people yeah Yeah. and i think that that's it's like a little uh cult films always make my heart smile yeah because you know how disappointed they had to have been right at the time yeah and then to see it just explode later i I love okay? to see it. <laughs> I'm not getting so choked you, up, I promise. Do you need a moment? <laughs> what surprised me is uh is that finding out that people didn't like it when it came out. But this doesn't seem like it's a low budget movie. No. No, like, not at all. Everything like we um we watched this movie on HBO mm-hmm. and it looks fantastic. I was like, this is this looks yeah. great. So it's kind of weird that people didn't like it when it came out. Like I, I think it it cost sixty million dollars. Damn, which shows because yeah. everything yeah. is top notch. Uh, I just I don't know. I think that maybe I mean, granted, there's some shit in here that well, yeah, some, people people say, probably well, weren't ready that's for. That's what I was. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Now, before we prey on this film's fears, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, let's open the gateway. So the film actually begins with something we love. Immediately after we see the Paramount logo, 
a shadow overtakes the mountain and the camera sweeps over it into a starry sky. Yeah. And the opening credits begin. I love the... Submersion. No, Sub- <laughs> <laughs> Immersion. Immersion. We're learning. We're learning. <laughs> but tense music begins to play and we see a swirling black hole surrounded by blue vapor. And with a loud booming noise, we get the title, Event Horizon. The credits give way to a blinking light, followed by on-screen text reading, 2015, first permanent colony established on the moon. 2032, commercial mining begins on Mars. 2040, deep space research vessel Event Horizon launched to explore the boundaries of the solar system. She disappears without a trace beyond the eighth planet, Neptune. It is the worst space disaster on record. It's like, oh, shit. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> So already I got a bad feeling about Neptune. Absolutely. And uh, I'm sorry, but before we go any further, I just want to point out the way that the credits were, where everybody's name was getting sucked into a black yeah. hole, I found hilarious. It's- and I was like, oh, yeah, this is definitely 1997. Yeah. In all fairness, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought, like, it was on some, like, Sharknado shit. <laughs> like, it well, seemed a little too was- hokey for me. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just- liked it. <laughs> it tickled me i don't know why i i did laugh it was funny <laughs> but we get one last bit of text that reads 2047 now so that's a lot up top as we've established yeah, yeah. every time that they would bring more text i thought they were done no i was like jesus Christ, how yeah. long is this fucking i don't know how you could do this without doing the text because then it would just be a lot of, you know, right. expositional dialogue. And, yeah. and that would also piss me yeah. off. So I don't think that would work out. At least it wasn't like a news report or they go yeah. to the, the space no, yeah. library and they're, yeah, like, they're like, oh, oh it was remember? lost. <laughs> <laughs> they get on Zoom with Vincent D'Onofrio. It's <laughs> <laughs> like back in 2040. Oh, shit. But I do also want to say that the opening is pretty reminiscent of Alien episode 63 (laughs) so already and this becomes a thing that happens a lot Mm -hmm. influences are starting to show oh yeah undeniably like there's i know that you said the shining and um and everything which yeah i i can see that but there's one film that is not mentioned when this is described and i don't know if i should say it now or if i should wait a minute i'm intrigued I mean, it's pretty... I'll just say it. It's okay. Hellraiser. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Like, fuck, you're right. Big, big, yeah. big time. Yeah. There's, I, yeah. I, at the end, I was like, well, that was Hellraiser. <laughs> what the fuck happened? There's there's a big thing towards the end that I did even write in my script. I was like, come on now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing I will say is that in interviews, in commentaries and everything, right. he is very upfront about all the influences. Right, right. I do appreciate that. I read that he consulted with Clive Barker for oh, some well of it. Then, I don't yeah. know. I, I <laughs> could only find it in one place, so I don't know how true that... And I think it was IMDb. Oh. So I don't know if it's 100% accurate, right. but... I could see how it could be. Yeah. Right. At some points, the only thing missing is Pinhead. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very much so. But we then see an asteroid hurtling through space past Neptune, where the event horizon, a very large spaceship, hovers outside its atmosphere. I will say the storm on the planet looked pretty neat. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I was like, does it storm like that on Neptune? Yeah. <laughs> you forget, like, weird shit it has yeah. it. 2047. Dude, space is scary as fuck. <laughs> it really yeah. is. Like, I love the moon and the stars and astrology and all that, but if you, like, that shit is Dude, fucking yeah. scary. Well, it's crazy because, it's like, two lovers can look up at the sky, but there could be astronauts <laughs> up there. Like, mayday, yeah. mayday! <laughs> <laughs> we have no fucking idea. Got a fucking xenomorph <laughs> chasing them. It's like, you don't know, No, man. I'm really, it's a beautiful night out. <laughs> 
<laughs> but we move around this giant ship surveying its many lights and sections. I did see on a making of that they modeled the ship after the Notre Dame Cathedral. Yeah. Like, it's crazy because you can even see, like, yeah. portions of right. it just straight up. It said that they fed images into some computer program that uh-huh. was supposed yeah. to help them make it. But, like, when they're saying this is this arch and this is this, you know, aisle, it's like, oh, it fucking is. Yeah, yeah. dude. It absolutely is. It's nuts. And, again, it's starting this thing early with this idea of religion. Yeah. Subtly. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not, like, it's not shaped like a crucifix. It's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's subconscious. Yeah. I think that's really neat. But we're then taken aboard the ship to find various objects floating through a corridor in zero gravity. A water bottle, a book, a watch knocks a cup away. I do have something about that book, which is kind of funny to me, is that they had put Anderson, the director, Mm -hmm. his picture on the book, and it says like a life or something. Uh, (laughs) So it's his autobiography. (laughs) (laughs) I would have done done the exact same shit. (laughs) Blame him. They called it his Hitchcock cameo. I was like, that is good stuff. But deeper into the ship, we find a man turning in the air weightlessly in front of a cross-shaped window emanating blue light. As he flips upright, his screams fade in, and as the camera presses in, we see his body is covered in cuts and wounds. The camera zooms into his mouth, then zooms out of the eye of Dr. William Weir, played by Sam Neill, who is waking up from a nightmare. In my notes, I have, this is some pinhead shenanigans. And <laughs> yeah. I I had no idea how About, right I was going to yeah. end up being. Like, we might actually see. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's like right around the corner. Mm-hmm. But, um. Well, did this guy have time to. To come on the phone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one's for Sophie. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh. I mean, I hope he did or he's not coming back. Yeah. No, um, one I, and done. <laughs> <laughs> I always get excited when I see Sam Neill because he always oh, yeah. brings it. I've never seen him in something where I'm like, oh, that was fine. Like, no, I, yeah. he's so great. Literally never phones it in. No. In the Mouth of Madness. Oh, yeah. In the Mouth. Oh, my God. I God can't wait damn. to do that one. I love that his, movie. Uh, his character in Peaky Blinders, he said yes. that people hated him on the street. And because of the, who he was or like yeah. who he played in that show and that people would say rude shit to him. And he's like, dude, that's a character. But <laughs> people hated him so much on the show. But he, was, he, he does a good job. A good I think that's guy. what proves it. Honestly, you at that, you, it's like a conflicting thing in your head because I'm like, I'm doing a really good job, but I really just wanted my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> like, God damn. Why are you spitting on me? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. I'm an that, asshole on TV. Yeah, that guy I played. <laughs> But Weir shuts off his alarm clock, rolling over to look at pictures of Claire Weir, his wife played by Holly Chant. He takes one of the pictures off his wall and he tells her that he misses her before getting out of bed and placing the photo on a shelf filled with more photos. He shaves his face in the bathroom, distracted for a moment by the dripping faucet of the bathtub. He returns to shave with a straight razor and finishes up. I, I couldn't do that. Oh, man. God, no. <laughs> What? Uh, with the straight razor? Yeah, that's so, that's scary shit. I think I would I would really try to make an attempt, and then you would find me. Yeah. <laughs> I think is how okay. it would go. So y'all are you're no Sweeney Todd, is no. no, 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 no. I'm one of his. Not even Pirelli. Fucking, uh, <laughs> I'm one of the people in the chair. <laughs> but I already just uh, about here. I was like, man, I'm digging this whole space everything that just happened that mm-hmm. we've just seen i was like all right this is i was like i feel like this is gonna be good for sure and it, and it does it's 
Yeah, no, I was primed for sure seeing the cast and then Sam Neill. And yeah. then you're like, okay, so what's the deal with this woman? It's like, all mm-hmm. right, I'm already in. And there were people like you had said at the top, JP, yeah. that I did not know Lawrence Fishburne was in this. No, yeah. me neither. The only, I forgot. Like the only person I knew that was in this was Sam Neill. Yeah. And so when I saw him, I was like, mm-hmm, yeah, this, yeah. <laughs> this checks out. <laughs> <laughs> but in the next shot, the camera is upside down, revealing a corridor bursting open as Weir enjoys a bowl of cereal and surveys space outside his window. The shot twists around to reveal an entire space station as well as Earth behind him. We get on-screen text that says, Daylight Station, Low Earth Orbit, and then Weir is paged over the intercom to head to the docking bay to report to a vessel called the Lewis and Clark. The interior of the space station looks exactly like Alien. Yes, it does. (laughs) Yes, it does. I laughed because on a making of whenever the production designer, which he did a great job, Absolutely. Don't get me wrong, but he had said that Anderson told him to show him a spaceship that we've never seen before. (laughs) And I was like, well, (laughs) he did not understand. (laughs) (laughs) It's like that you've seen before. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) But I do. I do also want to point out that the director of photography on this film is a guy called Adrian Biddle. Right. Adrian Biddle was a camera assistant on Alien and he was the director of photography for Aliens. Well, I mean, so he's like, I've been here. (laughs) (laughs) But this shot, this twisting shot is very impressive. It's a composite shot of several models that they made. And on commentary, they said that not only did it take 10 weeks to get this shot right. Holy shit. But one of the effects guys that worked on it took a hiatus from the business because of the stress of this shot. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) It's like it's well, like thirty seconds, dude. <laughs> He's like, I can't fucking I do this anymore. <laughs> is this, then this is every film. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. But I think it. I mean, I guess it's worth it. I, I am sure right. he did come back. I hope so. It's like no, he's a baker now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we then see the Lewis and Clark vessel bursting through space, categorized as a rescue vessel, thanks to some on-screen text. On board, we hear the crew working vigorously on the bridge. They are Captain Miller, played by Lawrence Fishburne, Lieutenant Stark, played by Jolie Richardson, Smith, the pilot, played by Sean Pertwee, and Justin, who is an ensign, played by Jack Noseworthy. Not Julia McNamara. Yes, dude. (laughs) I will say I liked her a hell of a lot better in this. Yes, she didn't flush a goddamn hamster. (laughs) (laughs) You sicken me. (laughs) There'll be no charge. I I really enjoyed seeing her here. Yeah. I was very surprised to learn that the character of Lieutenant Stark was written originally as a man. Oh, Oh, wow. And Anderson, who I I really respect him for this, he says if the role isn't necessary one way or the other, he'll cast whoever the fuck for everything. I love that. And so she just knocked it out of the park with her audition. And so she won it. And Lieutenant Stark is a woman. I had read that he said she brought a British class to the situation (laughs) that he appreciated. I can dig it. Yeah. But Smith plots the course, lamenting that they're not going to Mars, which he says has women. Isn't that a movie title or something? Mars, no, it's Earth Women. (laughs) Well, there's a song by Rob Zombie called Mars Needs Women. That's what I'm thinking of. All right. (laughs) (laughs) They're already there, Rob. Yeah, shit. Just wait till 2047. (laughs) Fuck. I'm sorry, Rob Zombie. (laughs) He gets gets a lot of shit on this show, but I, I appreciate him as a human and as a... As a musician Same. and as a filmmaker. Yeah. I like Lords of Salem. We just don't agree with everything. Not everything, <laughs> Rob. 
But Miller calmly reminds them of their job. Someone drops the ball and they get the call. It rhymes so it's easy to remember. Right. He's always aces too. Dude, he is. If you see Lawrence Fishburne, you're like, this is going to be good. Like, I, you don't <laughs> doubt him. No. Right. They said he brought like a gravitas to... Oh, absolutely. And I think that he had been in so many films previously in this like behind the scenes thing everybody just talked about how excited they were to work with him yeah they called him fish which i thought was awesome Aww, that's cute. <laughs> he's just morpheus yeah yeah i was like it's uh, was like, what the fuck he has some like commanding no yeah like it's fucking he's ridiculous. Good at it, yeah. yeah like and you know he's he's lead he's look at me yeah i'm the captain i'm the captain <laughs> But Miller checks in with everyone to make sure everything's pizza. And then he tells Stark to initiate the countdown for the Ion Drive. Sounds like a street name, but I think it's like ship speed or something. <laughs> but she starts the countdown on screen and they disperse, Smith following Stark and Justin dropping down to check the tanks. On the making of, they had mentioned that Jolie Richardson, after every single time that she said something like shippy or sciencey, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. she was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> but she delivers it so well. Yeah. I had read a thing by her that, or a quote from her that said that she found the script incomprehensible. <laughs> <laughs> and they give her like, outside of outside of uh, Weir, she gets like right. most of the explanations. She does. So it's like, good Lord. She's like, I don't know what the fuck yeah. this is. She fooled me. <laughs> But Miller heads down another corridor, giving Dap to Cooper, a rescue technician played by Richard T. Jones, updating him on the whole Ion Drive thing. I think Cooper is goddamn hilarious in this movie. No, he's great. Yeah. But Miller heads up a ladder to a locker room, which is adjacent to a room filled with gravity tanks. The majority of the crew are also there, along with Dr. Weir, who attempts to relay a message to Miller, but keeps getting interrupted at every single turn. Peters, a med tech played by Kathleen Quinlan, loads a couple of CO2 scrubbers overhead as the rest of the crew strips down to their skivvies. So I thought CO2 scrubbers were made up for this film. Right. That's an actual fucking thing. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It like the scrubs fun? the air of carbon dioxide. I was like, that's space bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's useful well, for sure. Yeah, it's very yeah. useful. Now, I don't know. I didn't research who uses them. Yeah. <laughs> it, might, it might be NASA. <laughs> But one thing that really did get me, and you can kind of feel it with the way that the camera moves and everything, Mm -hmm. the Lewis and Clark is all one set. And so it's almost like when they built the Nostromo on Alien, Uh where you have to go places to get somewhere. Oh, all right. So Yeah. That's cool. It's realistic. It gives the actors like a sense of realism. Yeah. And they're like, okay, well, the locker room's overhead. I got to climb a fucking ladder. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And it also tells you how much money they had to build shit like this. But in the tank room, Smith steals a smoke from a fully clothed DJ, the ship's doctor, played by Jason Isaacs, before stepping into his tank. Jason Isaacs, if you recall, is... I I wasn't as into Harry Potter as Nay was, but he's Malfoy's dad. Yes. There's a... It's like, oh, he's... Oh, he's... Oh, she's like this whole movie. But yeah, Lucius. Thank Lucius you. Lucius Malfoy. Yeah. All I know is Lucius Sweet from The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't He's know. important too. Very important. Yeah. Dredrick Tatum. Isn't that the lion <laughs> from your show, uh, Lucius Lion? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Empire. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's not my show anymore. Oh, but it took, right. a, took a nosedive. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, then I guess we'll move on. <laughs> not trying to break any hearts here. But Peters opens up a tank for Weir, asking him if it's his first time. Weir, however, says that he thinks Miller has a problem with him. 
Peters jokes that Miller loves having strangers on his ship, but tells him not to worry about it. This is when DJ rocks up, injecting Weir in the neck with a syringe. Weir asks if the tanks are necessary, and DJ tells him that at this speed that they're going, the force would literally liquefy his skeleton if it wasn't for the tank. I'm sorry. Awesome. Yeah. That's, that's great. There is no activity worth doing that doing it wrong yeah. could liquefy my skeleton. Well, I mean. I got to be honest that's with you. That's kind of a deal breaker. Yeah. Now. Well, I mean, if you follow the rules, I mean, right? But like one misstep. Yeah. That, those are the consequences. It's like, oh, well, my, my shit's open. Jelly bones. Yeah. Done. You're fucked. It's over. But Weir steps into his tank after confirming that he is, in fact, claustrophobic. The Lewis and Clark hurdles through space and we get text that reads 56 days out. In the tank room, Weir hears a woman's voice whisper, Billy, which wakes him up. We pull back to reveal everyone else is still asleep in their chambers, which are now filled with blue liquid. I'm like, this is giving me alien meets Futurama. (laughs) (laughs) I do want to point out that it's very clear that he's the only person on set. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But Weir bails out of his tank, stepping out to hear the voice say... I'm so alone. He calls out, heading into the locker room. Suddenly, Miller's locker behind him just bursts open. Mildly frightened, though, he continues down the hall until he reaches the bridge of the ship. One very cool thing about the lockers is that Paul W.S. Anderson gave actors carte blanche to decorate their character's locker however they wanted. That's really cool. And so it kind of gives you insight into who they think their characters are. Right. I read that he told them to make up backstories, too. I have, yeah, there's one thing that comes up later that didn't make it into the film and really upsets me because it would have been really fucking cool. Oh, man. But we'll talk when we get there. But yeah, it's about a backstory. That's cool because it gives them, I guess, like they're able to point the direction, like use their acting to make this character really believable. Yeah. It's like... So I'm whatever, and you're like, oh, hmm. oh you are that person. <laughs> well, because yeah. nobody's just the doctor yeah, or yeah, the yeah. captain. You no, know what yeah. I mean? So having that to draw back on, even if you're not talking about it, that's that's really yeah. fucking cool. And it gives you ownership of the character. Yeah. yeah. I just, that's more directors do that. Mm-hmm. But on the bridge of the ship, Weir finds his wife, Claire, seated in a chair at the controls. She tells him that she's so cold, and when he turns the chair around, we see that she's naked and her eyes are closed. He says her name, but suddenly a hand appears on his shoulder from behind. It's somehow Claire standing there, eyeless, and she says, I'm waiting. Weir screams, and it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> he charges up. I think that's yeah. what it is. He's like, what? <laughs> it's, it's like. He had every right. He did. I'm like, all, we're already getting into some shit. Yeah. Dude, like we're barely. Yeah. <laughs> we're not even at the fucking event horizon no. yet. No. I did want to point out that on commentary, they said originally her eyes were just going to be white. Right. And they were like, well, you know, white eyes, everybody's doing them. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if everybody. Right. <laughs> everybody's doing it, Everybody's bro. doing white eyes. And so they did. And this is CG work. Right. And so it actually holds up. No, no it looked really good. Because yeah. there's some CG later that does not no, no, really no, no, hold no. up. But that looked very good and very creepy. It did. It there's, did. there's something about it like a vacant, like a void. Yeah. I can't get with it. Just take them out. Yeah, got it. Yeah, that wasn't practical. (laughs) (laughs) But Weir awakes again inside his chamber, banging on the glass for it to be opened. The liquid drains and he just spills out. Peters and DJ check on him and pull him to his feet, but he says he's all right. 
Cooper then offers him a cup of coffee, which Weir declines, and then Cooper uses the coffee to hit on Stark. Yeah. <laughs> and he gets flipped off. I They said that that line was improv. That's hilarious. It was a pretty funny line. But you've been in stasis for 56 days, and you're declining coffee? Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, you must be really fucked up and upset, yeah. because that would be my first stop. I don't think I could be... There is no level of upset where I would say no to yeah. a cup of coffee. But Miller comes in, breaking up the whole thing between Stark and Cooper, and sternly tells everyone to get to their stations. Well, she was going to have some coffee, and he told yeah. her no, which I'm oh. like, uh, you're kind of on my shit list uh. right now. It was kind of annoying because she's like, well, do I have time to get dressed? He's like, no, you do not have time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, my fuck? God. And that's OK. Maybe it's just me, but. Everybody has to get into their panties before they get into like this stasis thing. It was right, the same right. thing in Alien. Yeah. Oh, so I'm yeah. like, well, clothes. Like, why can't we wear clothes? <laughs> why, can't, why can't I wear like sweats or like uh, sweats? Why can't they have uh, a gown on? I'm like, would it get moldy in the water for 56 days? But then I'm like, then why are they in underwear? Like, I feel like they should either be naked or they should be able to wear their clothes. And well, I don't know why I got hung up on this. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. You're like, make it believable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already out. I'm already well, out. Uh, I think my question, well, I don't I don't know if it's water. I don't know what kind of space yeah, juice well, this yeah, is. That's fair. I don't know. What, but it wasn't it. Is it barbicide? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was blue. Well, nobody's going to wake up with any lice. Not on the fucking Lewis and Clark, okay? But later in the locker room, Peters, DJ, Cooper, and Justin are seated at a table. Peters watches old footage of her son's birthday party back on Earth, but is interrupted when Miller enters the room and sits down across from her. He tells her that he tried to find a replacement for her, but with such short notice, it just wasn't possible. Peters somberly states that with her ex having their son for Christmas and her having him for the summer, it all works out. Justin does also call her Mama Bear. Yes. Which yeah. I thought was pretty sweet. They did, Jason Isaacs on A Making Of, he said that Kathleen Quinlan was kind of like a motherly presence Aww. on set. Yeah. He goes, he goes, I think he said, she's not even older than me, but she was, <laughs> like, it was very impressed. Some people just have that vibe. Yeah. yeah. And one of the producers said that she was actually from the United States and came to England to film this movie. And so her husband and her kid were still in the States. Aww. And so she brought that with her. I was going to oh, say, I'm sure she could really uh, tap into that. Yeah. yeah. That's sad. Very much. And <laughs> the producer did say something weird because, you know, we'll get into it later that everyone has kind of got some guilt they're harboring. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. He's like, yeah, they wouldn't tell me all the actors. He goes, she told me what she was calling upon, but the other actors wouldn't tell me. So I'm sure they've got some, you know, dark stuff that has happened. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? Are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> Too far. It was unnecessary. <laughs> well, they wouldn't tell him. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to make it up in my own head. He killed a guy. Yeah. <laughs> but Smith and Stark walk into the locker room, updating them that in less than three hours, they'll be in Neptune's orbit. Not Neptune. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we just saw the storms. Yes. Yeah. But Weir walks in as well, and Miller introduces him to the crew. I thought maybe introduce him before the cryo sleep situation. I uh, I think he was just real concerned about getting everybody in their tubes. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he wouldn't even let him talk. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> but how long has he been on the? Oh well, did he just get on the ship from the call? They said he oh, was a stranger. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Yeah. This is a long morning. Now go to bed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now that they're all acquainted, Cooper asks the real question: What the fuck are we doing out here? Miller passes the talking pillow to Weir to give the skinny. <laughs> to give the skinny Pete. Yes. <laughs> That's two breaking bads. 
All right. <laughs> but Weir begins his speech with pleasantries, and Miller interrupts him again, asking him just to get to it. He's like, look, we're all here, pulled off leave, and the last time a rescue mission was attempted this far out, both ships were lost. When he said that, that they were all pulled off of their leave, yeah. I'm like, okay, I now I, I get yeah. why Miller is not being very friendly. No. <laughs> That's <laughs> I, true. I understand. Get in the fucking tank yeah. and then get to work. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Who knows what he had planned? Yeah. Y'all do yeah. not want to be here. And he said, well-deserved leave. So it's like, yeah. what were y'all just doing before this? Oh, that you yeah. finally got a break. I get it. I'd be pissed too. That is true. Nobody likes a vacation canceled. No. Oh, no. Especially not for what I'm about to hear. Yeah. Hell no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking kidding me? <laughs> but Weir gets to it. He says, USAC received a transmission from around Neptune, which they later identified the source as the event Horizon. Everyone's ears perk up, with a few crew members ready to bail, calling it bullshit. Miller calms them down. They get back to their seats, and Weir continues. I was like, what did, like... Do you think he's fucking around? Yeah. Because they're like, what? Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And they are like ready to leave. Is this like space punked? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I said spunked. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's something different. Wrong show. Yeah. <laughs> but please continue. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, I hope you wouldn't fucking bring me out here on some bullshit. No, you know dude. And to bring them all off leave. Yeah. Like yeah. a rumor. Oh, yeah. And this, what, seven years ago that this has just been gone? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I get why you would be skeptical. But I feel like I would believe this reputable doctor. I wouldn't be like, fuck you. <laughs> Take me home. <laughs> but... <laughs> Weir says that what went public about the Event Horizon, that it was a research vessel that malfunctioned and blew up, is not true. It was actually part of a secret project to achieve faster-than-light flight. The crew, um, actually's him. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, mm, the law of relativity can't be done. But Weir's like, yeah, sure, but we're not breaking the law. We're going around it. The ship creates gateways that basically teleport it light years away. He tries to explain it in layman's terms, but goes full Albert Einstein, which prompts Cooper to bring out his inner Jules Winfield. He's like, English, motherfucker. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Do you speak it? But this is when Weir decides to, I guess, simplify it, which I appreciate because I was like, wonton burrito meals? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. But he snags one of Smith's girly mags. The photo on the magazine represents space time, and he pokes a hole in the top and the bottom, supposing you want to get from point A to point B. He says the gateway folds space, folding the paper as he says it, so that both holes are lined up. It was fucked up because he's like, that's mine. Yeah. And then he just starts fucking poking <laughs> holes through it. Yeah. But he asks what's the shortest way between point A and point B. And Justin's like a straight line and everyone yeah. laughs at him. But I was thinking a straight I was line. Thinking, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? And he's like, actually, it's zero. Yeah. Like, that's a trick question. Yeah, you knew. Like, yeah. don't be fucking rude. That was rude. I, I thought the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, you fucking idiot. It's like, what? I've always uh, been told it's a straight line and to take advantage of your diagonals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I guess I've been wrong. And it made me laugh because as Smith is talking about wanting his magazine, like Miller pats him on the shoulder. He's like, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's gone, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's too late. Gotta let go. But with the holes lined up, this allows both points to coexist in the same space and time, allowing the ship to pass through the gateway, at which point space returns back to normal. He unfolds the paper, throws it at Smith. This is called the gravity drive. I don't 
feel like we should be doing this. Yeah, no. <laughs> I would be I, terrified already. I I mean, I was I was very interested. I was like, no, that sounds cool, but I don't want to do that. No. The thing is, the thing about the scene is I love the way that it's presented. Right. The way that Weir explains it is honestly, and to be fair, after seeing like the opening credits fall into that black hole, <laughs> I was like, what are we in for here? This yeah. is not going to be is good. Not, yeah. But that scene, I was like, this is a really, really good scene. Yeah. Yeah. And it's ex- explained in such a way that I understand it. But this is some unmake the world shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And some things, you know, man wasn't meant to fly. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a lot. Yeah. You don't go around. Lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. It's just... um. I don't know. I think, I mean, we're already out here. Right. Can't we so just can't... go really, really fast? We don't need to be <laughs> yeah. bending we don't shit. We need to poke holes. Yeah. Can we get back in the fucking tubes? Like, yeah. that was fine. That, I would be mad. Like, if you're fucking with, like, time and space and shit, you should have told me that before I got in the Futurama tube. Because yeah. now it's, it's, it's too, too late. late. We're already yeah. on, like, I would, I wouldn't. I'd be mad. No. And I think that's the thing as well is that this is kind of at the heart of why science fiction horror is so scary. Yeah. Because there's so much unknown shit. Yeah. And there's such a desire to explain that unknown shit. Yeah. But these boxes, man, I don't know. You never stop to think if you should. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But the crew asks how Weir knows that and he explains, I built it. Justin asks what happened to the event horizon and Weir says that everything was going well, but as soon as they opened the gravity drive, they disappeared until now. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck that noise, dude. No, it's been seven years. Mm -hmm. The fact that this was some huge cover up and then now they're just back. Yeah. Well, the thing is the disappearing and coming back. <laughs> Where yes. did y'all go? Not you drifted too far and some now you came back or no, you 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 were gone. I, yeah. I don't like this. Yeah. No. <laughs> and I mean I do want to point out uh, of course that waking up from a tube to answer a distress beacon is alien. But, yeah. Well yeah. I mean well <laughs> but let's move past that. <laughs> He says that their mission is to find out where it's been over these last seven years. On the bridge, Weir says that they've been unable to verify life aboard the event horizon, but he plays the transmission that they received. It's literally (laughs) a bunch of screaming and creature noises. Not the best sign. I said that's literally people screaming and a monster (laughs) eating them, roaring at them. So let's go find out. (laughs) That makes you want to go. Apparently, I'm sorry for these people, (laughs) and I'll remember them always. But I'm not fucking going. You, what's beyond you got me fucked up because that's where I am. Uh. It's the event horizon. But after passing the recording through some filters, they've been able to isolate a human voice. Weir plays the clip, and we hear a masculine voice in the background now, speaking what he says is an indistinct language. Everyone looks uneasy, but DJ says that it sounds like Latin, and after playing it again, he translates it to liberate me, or save me, you know, for the layman. We don't need to go over there. Nope. When was this from? Let's just say that it was from seven years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're long gone. And yeah. again, I'll remember them yeah. <laughs> Very fondly. <laughs> I'll name but, my ship after him. I don't, I I can't, dude. I can't. But that's what I'm saying. You 
they're gone. They disappeared and came back. Mm-hmm. And then this is what you get. No, they don't want us to help them. They just. (laughs) (laughs) It's just something you say. No. Everyone says save me. That doesn't mean you mean Uh, it. uh Uh-uh. I also, <laughs> I would also like to point out that Latin is the language that demons speak exclusively. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, exclusively. Anywhere in the universe. Yes, even up here, yes. man. So fuck it. But we watch as the vessel approaches Neptune with the crew on the bridge working together to keep everything on track. Smith locks onto the navigation beacon of the event horizon, but they're suddenly hit with some turbulence. Stark tries to make contact with the radio as Lewis and Clark closes in on the event horizon, and parting through the clouds, we finally see the ship. The name of the ship is even lit with exterior lights, so there is no doubt. That's a big-ass ship. Yeah. It's huge. It fucking dwarfs the Lewis and yeah, Clark. Yeah, it does. We get like th- this aerial shot. I, I really liked this scene when they're coming through the clouds and they're getting closer and closer and I was like, oh shit. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I even felt, I was like, oh, are they going to fucking hit, you know? <laughs> it's like, they're going to hit this fucking thing. I saw on uh, the making of that these were models. Oh shit. Like, and they were a varying size depending on what shots they needed. Right. And they also, the clouds are CG. Oh, oh wow. That yeah. looks good. Yeah. I was very surprised yeah. by that. But I, I like that shot too. It does remind me of a shot in Alien. Yes, it does. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I thought we were moving past that. Well, no. I, th- <laughs> I don't think we can move past it. It's become a passenger on this road trip <laughs> that we're taking. But they stare out the windows as lightning flashes and Miller calls the ship impressive. Smith initiates a flyby at Miller's request, a spotlight scanning the ship as they slowly move past. Weir points out an airlock that they can dock from, and Smith makes it so. The airlock is number 13, by the way. Oh, is it? Yeah. I didn't pa- even know. Par for the course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> why, why not? It's like we already got the fucking Latin. Are, yeah. there, are there any ladders we can walk under? Like, what, uh, what more? <laughs> Let's There's, break some mirrors. I mean, yeah. fuck. They had a cat like Jones, it's black. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no offense to any black cats that have We love listening. black cats. Black cats are like my favorite. But Stark gives a read of the ship. The reactor still works. No radiation leaks. The hull is intact. However, there is no gravity and the thermal unit is offline. The only way the crew could still be alive is if they're in stasis. And she then attempts a bioscan for life. But there's a problem. There is life, but you can't pin down a location. It seems like it's all over the ship. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> If I can make sure in layman's mm-hmm. terms that I'm mm-hmm. understanding. Okay. So we're about to go in here, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So far, so good. <laughs> <laughs> Check. The conditions are so that humans cannot be alive just being out and about on the ship. Right. Mm-hmm. However, there is detection of life form out and about all around the ship. All around mm-hmm. the ship. And we're going in there. Yeah. Right. Does nobody see a problem with this? Oh, no. <laughs> no. I've put this down as red flag number one. Uh, well, yeah. Maybe number three. This has yeah. to count for about <laughs> six flags. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is insane. Yeah. It is. But Miller says that they'll have to do shit the old fashioned way and sweep deck by deck, room by room. He tells his crew to get ready, except for Weir, who he tells to stay on the bridge. Yeah. He's like, stay here, you stupid science bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but where is like no i want like it's like yeah, no dude, you were too excited yeah. yeah he protests pretty harshly he wants it too bad he's like i need on the yeah. ship i was like mm. 
<laughs> but Miller says that he needs him to guide them through the ship. Yeah. He's like, after everything is cleared, we'll bring you on board. And I get where he's coming from because the second they get on the event horizon, we heard the fucking tape. A monster yeah. could eat yeah. them. <laughs> so also I do have to say with the docking and everything in the name of the ship, it made me think of Fisherman's Horizon from Final yeah. Fantasy VIII. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't think there's any correlation here. Probably not. <laughs> Except my childhood brain. So we're not putting on a concert here. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> you know, that was a lot easier to do as an adult, I'll tell you that much. We were like, but the the rhythms don't match. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been a key to know that we were fucking up. <laughs> It's like everybody just go do your own thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's avant garde. <laughs> Fuck cohesion. <laughs> that's a that's a deep cut. It's a very there's niche like, niche audience. I was gonna say joke. there's like three people that are like me Hell too. Yeah. <laughs> Zell didn't know what to play, but <laughs> we watch as the vessels <laughs> dock onto the ship. Miller, Justin, and Peters suit up for the walk with Cooper clipping them to a line of cable and handing Justin a case on his way out. So I do want to point out that the costume designer was a guy called John Mallow, who also designed the costumes for Alien. <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> I, I, I think that the thing is, is that these spacesuits are very different from the ones from Alien. Right. Granted, their normal, like everyday attire mm-hmm. looks almost identical to Alien. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But they they do things their own way. Right. I did see that the that the spacesuits that they're wearing were so heavy that the actors couldn't even sit down. Damn. Oh my god. Uh, Anderson said that I think Fishburne sat down and broke a chair. Holy <laughs> shit. And so they're they, like new role. Nobody. Yeah. yeah. Everyone stands. But they built like leaning posts so whenever Aww. they're in the suits, they can right. not have to fucking stand there holding it. Right. Like right. Mike's leaning stick and Blair Witch. Project. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It works well. (laughs) But the team communicates with Stark as they float through the umbilicus, switching on their magnetic boots to stay grounded and getting to work on the door separating the umbilicus from the event horizon. But I did read that in the original script, it was supposed to be zero gravity at all times. Oh, yeah. Dude, that would would be a a lot. So I think they realized that the budget wouldn't really allow yeah. for them to fucking keep these actors on wires like a hundred percent of the I time. Gonna I was going to say, I don't think they'd appreciate being on no. wires a hundred percent of the time. No, they would not. And so somebody got the idea. They're like magnetic boots. Yeah. <laughs> Heard. <laughs> yeah. Yes, please. With science shit, as long as you make it sound official, yeah, you can do yeah. whatever you want. No it's, shit. it's 2047. That's never going to come. No. It's 1997 right now. And fucking Lawrence Fishburne says it with authority. They're like, yes, magnetic yeah. boots. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Those have always existed. But smoke billows from the machinery and they open up the door, shining their flashlights as they step inside. We see that it's the corridor that we saw at the opening of the film, deep, cold and full of floating objects. You see the corridor seems almost endless Mm -hmm. as they walk through it. I read that they brought in a massive mirror from France. (sighs) And it's almost like an optical illusion. Wow. They put it on both sides, and so it just looks like it continues forever. Oh, all right. But it's like this finite thing. Yeah. That's so funny because it's almost like a childish, like, we'll just put mirrors on the end of it. But it worked so well. For a $60 million film. I believed it. But Weir tells them where to go from here. So Miller directs Justin to the engineering room while he and Peters take the forward decks. So, you know, splitting up yeah smart oh yeah always a good idea yeah. you did hear the monster and on the table I, right? <laughs> <laughs> I swear to god 
If I was Justin, I'd be like, oh, so you hate me yeah. now. Cool. Well, he is an incense. Yeah. <laughs> fucking red shirt. Yeah. But Miller and Peters notice that the area is full of explosive devices, which Weir says are meant to be used in an emergency to split the ship and allow the Ford X to be used as a lifeboat. Maybe some foreshadowing? I don't yeah. know. No, I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I did mention at the top some studio meddling, and I kind of want to tackle that a bit here. All right. There's more to it than just meddling. Basically, what happened was that they rushed their schedule to fit Event Horizon into a slot because I guess Titanic was supposed to come out, right. but it got delayed. And so they gave them a very short, and I think it was 10 months yeah. to not only plan the film, shoot the film, post-production, edit the film, have it ready. Damn. That's reasonable. And yeah. a, a film like this, 10 months, that's just not yeah. right. They even shortened their post-production schedule. It was supposed to be 10 weeks for a director's cut. Right. And he gave them six. <laughs> and so Anderson, because he had spent two weeks, I think, shooting second unit directing. Right. And that gave him two weeks cut off of that editing thing. Oh, Jeez. man. So f- a month. Yeah. So yeah. we had a month. And so he gets it together. He's not happy with it. Right. They even went to mix the sound Mm -hmm. like the day before it was ready to be shown. They were mixing the sound (laughs) and the sound mixing studio like shut down like something fucking happened. Right. So they're showing this film that's poorly edited. The sound isn't mixed right. And so they're already like annoyed about it. Right. Right. It's two hours and 10 minutes instead of the version we see here, which is like 96. Right. And when they get to show it to the studio, the studio blindsides them. Right. And says, well, we're also going to show it to a test audience. <laughs> it's not ready. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they show it to the test audience and they fucking hate it. And so the studio forces 30 minutes of cuts. Damn. That, that's oh, a lot. That's such bullshit. Yeah. And from my understanding, what they cut was a lot of the freaky shit. Yeah. And, and I would have liked to see yeah. that freaky <laughs> shit. Seriously, that's, that's, that's one of my major complaints is that the stuff that they forced them to cut would have right. only made the film not only more memorable. Right, right. Not that it's unmemorable or anything. Right, right. But it's shit that would stick with you. Right. And there's one scene right here that was cut, and it was one of his favorite scenes. Uh-huh. It was actually written. They brought in the screenwriter from Seven. Uh, damn. Hell yeah. And he wrote, like, he, like, reworked some of the scenes. Right, right. And one of them is right here. As soon as they float on, they find something floating in the ship along uh-huh. with the other shit. As Miller gets closer, it's determined to be a tooth. And it's ripped. You can see the gums and the root. Ooh. And he puts it in a bag and they're like, fuck. Does he yeah. put it in a bag or does he put it in a box? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I got a gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people know and me what for What is in it? But he puts it in a bag and it already settles. There's this unsettling tone. Well, yeah, because why the fuck is there a tooth yeah. floating around? Exactly. Instead, we get like a fucking can of soda or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so I would have preferred the tooth and, and a whole tooth. Yeah, dude. dude. Tooth roots yeah. are like scary. They are. <laughs> <laughs> is that all you got? <laughs> yeah. This is my hot take for the episode. (laughs) Tooth roots are like scary. (laughs) (laughs) But that's just one of the things. We'll talk more later about the other stuff that was cut that really could have helped, I think, make the film even better. Yeah. But I digress. Miller and Peters make their way into medical, noting no casualties, but they scan for a life reading. Miller finds nothing, but suddenly a gloved hand reaches out. Miller loses all his cool, screaming, Oh, fuck me! (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but we see that the hand is actually severed floating through the room. Yeah. But then he's like, oh, no, it's fine. So I'm like, was there not a hand in there? Yeah. Because it, like oh, yeah. it looked like a full glove. Yeah, I thought it like, was. It wasn't a, like floppy. I, I couldn't tell either. I was a little confused too because he was chill. Yeah, because yeah. I was like, why and are you not still like, scared? Yeah, I was like, the hand I, shouldn't just be that well, <laughs> that's, that's not normal. Stark does fuck in front of him in front of everyone. She's like, dude, your heart rate's through the roof. Yeah. He's like, it's fine. <laughs> I fucking know. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> you heard me screaming. You did. But. Justin opens a door to the engineering deck, and when he opens it, he walks across a long bridge in the middle of a spinning tunnel. He says it reminds him of a meat grinder, but I'm sure for us, it reminds us of Ripley's. Yeah, <laughs> the tunnel at Ripley's. Yes. Yeah. That was the first thing I thought. I was like, hey, I went through there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, wait, been I've been on the event yeah. horizon? I saw a thing on a, I can't remember, I was watching a YouTube video of some like behind the scenes stuff, and I saw Lawrence Fishburne like stumbling on that thing because it was so disorienting. <sighs> yeah, And man. he has to go through it a lot. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. he was like, struggling like he was stumbling to stay upright yeah well we went on that small one in ripley's that doesn't have like monsters at the end or anything (laughs) (laughs) and we stumble so i mean and again this is practical very cool like that thing was really built it wasn't cg that's part of everything huh yeah just impressive it does feel like like there's the metal it's like being in a cheese grater yes or like yeah. a p diddy video <laughs> <laughs> very fair yeah. but justin makes his way into the engineering room and finds coolant floating in zero gravity the levels of coolant on the ship are fine though so he's like that's good there is something that's really funny to me because he bumps the coolant with his helmet yeah. and he's like, man, this shit's everywhere. And I know that the effects were supposed to, we were supposed to be like, wow. Yeah. But I was like, ooh. It, looked, <laughs> it wasn't great. Not great. It's like flubber. Yeah. <laughs> it really did. And it kind of took me out of it a it, little bit. It did. I was like, that doesn't look like coolant. Man. No, it doesn't. <laughs> what is that? And we were supposed to be so impressed. Yeah. <laughs> But Peters makes her way to the bridge and finds blood on one of the modules. As lightning strikes, we see all kinds of viscera and vessels decorating the wall behind her. It looks like when everything shifts in Silent Hill. Yeah, And everything has like that, like, grime. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, yeah, no, fuck this. No. And she doesn't see it. Yeah. I would sense it. (laughs) We don't need to be here. Is there viscera here? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My viscera sense is too But as she ventures further, we see that cross-shaped window from Weir's dreams, but Weir redirects her to the ship's log. He doesn't react. It's funny to me because whenever he has that nightmare at the beginning, we learn later that he built the ship. Yeah. And so at the start, I was like, oh, shit, he's having premonitions. Right, right. But he's just, no, I designed that. I remember it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But Peters goes for the ship log and ejects a disc from a drive now <laughs> hold on yeah this was what 2047 yes sir we're still using fucking <laughs> cds to yes. hold like what what's happening what could possibly yeah. come next after cds it's yeah. you can't even yeah. fathom it. it's memorex or nothing it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i mean you can't predict a jump drive 
something. Why, I why mean, fuck with perfection? Okay. Or or even something different. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Just, She's like, oh wait, no, this was the spin doctor's mix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's not the ship's log. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Create something new. So it's just it was like, come on really that's <laughs> that's the best just we got the, gravity the, boots yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're doing <laughs> no shit Nay was one or the other yeah. all right we had to keep it at least somewhat yeah. believable <laughs> but she finally gets the cd out but as she turns around she's startled by a floating eyeless corpse the crew posits that it could have been caused by decompression but dj knows better with the wounds he says that it looks like it was caused by some kind of animal Listen, she screams. Yes. And then it's like, oh, it's just a, what did she say? A corpsicle? Yeah. That unless, got a groan out of me. Yeah. <laughs> unless Belial from Basket Case yeah. was on that vessel, <laughs> there's no fucking reason for that corpse's face to look that way. No. no. I mean, even if it was like a just fr- uh, your standard frozen body yeah. floating through. She still had every right to freak the fuck out. Like, yeah. I still oh, feel yeah. like that would have been too chill of a reaction. But this thing is like shredded up, this yes. person. And she's just like, oh, corpsicle. It's like, bitch, <laughs> Are you cracking if you jokes? don't get yeah. scared right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing is, is that finding a floating frozen corpse, right. it might be okay based on what Stark said. When she's like, there's no way they'd be alive if they didn't make it to the gravity tanks. Yeah, but that still but, sucks. Yeah, they, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, it sucks, yeah. man. <laughs> but the fact that it's butchered like this. Yes. Right, right. We got worries. Oh, yeah. And they should be more worried. Yeah. That's my issue. So you guys remember Popsicles? Yeah. <laughs> well, I got the joke for you. <laughs> Do we still have popsicles in 2047? Hey, we still have CDs, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. Sh- <laughs> but Justin performs some readings in the engineering room, calling them strange. But when he's finally able to get the power up, the room lights up, revealing a large metal ball surrounded by lights and twisting ring-like machinations in perpetual motion. Is this standard? <laughs> yeah, that's on every show. I'm like, why it's is... 2047. He's just yeah. like, uh-huh. Yeah. Weir, though, says that this is the core, the gravity drive. Now, this shocked the fuck out of me. This is practical. Holy shit. Really? Yes. They built this thing and kept it in perpetual motion. Oh, my God. I thought it was CG. Yeah. That that thing looks badass. It really it does. does. Uh, I read that Anderson said this was inspired by the lament configuration. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> as soon as, yeah. Yeah. You're like, hell yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Especially like when it fits together, you're like, yeah. <laughs> Anthony Jerome's like, that's really easy to solve, yeah. you know? <laughs> it's too easy to <laughs> Too solve. easy. <laughs> but Weir tells Stark that it's the heart of the ship, and he has a very weird, satisfied smile on his face. I do not like it. Yeah. No. It's at this point I'm like, there's something up with that doctor. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> seriously, this whole time I was almost feeling sympathy for him. I was like, he really wants on this ship, but Miller won't let him. <laughs> he loves that ship, yeah. man. But he's like, it's the heart of the ship. I'm like, oh <laughs> my God. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you cackling like fucking Skeletor? <laughs> <laughs> he's got Mr. Burns hand. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's yeah. something wrong with that man. Trust him completely, but <laughs> this is when suddenly the gravity drive locks into place each little node on the ball blooming and beaming with an extremely bright light 
the crew loses contact with Justin and he lets out a scream that, again, is kind of hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Is he also powering up? Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) The lights were giving him the energy to (laughs) scream. (laughs) But the drive goes dim, the exterior lights only blinking now. Justin reaches out his finger, penetrating a translucent wall of sludge at the center of it. Why are you fucking with it? I don't know. It's 2047. I know y'all have seen Prince of Darkness by now. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost 100 years old. (laughs) (laughs) It's like Dracula for us. Keep your fucking hands to yourself. Stop. I thought the same thing. I was like, why are you touching that, dude? Mm -hmm. You, I, I get, look, we have, we're curious. Yeah. Don't touch that. (laughs) You have no idea what the fuck's going on. None. Don't touch it. And you're not a fucking... I know you're an engineer. Right. So you can tell about the coolant and like what the ship needs. Right. But you are not a scientist. That does not look like coolant. (laughs) Yeah, no. Or flubber. Right. (laughs) I would would like to point out that even in the year 2021, I am not entirely sure what an engineer does. (laughs) (laughs) So I was trying to, you know, quantify it, but I'm like, fuck, maybe. Yeah. Maybe they, they do know get everything. into wonton burrito meals. I don't know. <laughs> but Stark struggles to make contact and says that the life reading has gone off the charts and Smith tells her to pull Justin out. I'm like, fucking how, dude? <laughs> right? We, I just happen. told you we can't make contact. <laughs> but we return to Justin, who is wrist deep in sludge. And unfortunately for him, the sludge wants more. Uh-huh. Something pulls his entire ass into it. Yeah. And we watch as the line that Cooper attached is pulled hard and fast. Cooper, noticing this, gets his gear on to head to the event horizon. Sludge always wants more. So <laughs> just don't give it any. No. Okay. And Cooper, as it goes on, this dude is the fucking MVP. Yeah. Okay? He is. He is ready to risk his life to help everybody else. And I just want to acknowledge him for it. So he's the comedian and the hero. Yeah. He is, yeah. Well, he's rescue. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That and is he true. Just, no hesitation. I just don't understand what, if you put your hand in the sludge and then you start getting pulled in. Now you pull your arms out with yeah. your face. Yeah. yeah, that's all I'm thinking. Like, you can't, I just don't understand. But it's strong. We watch as a massive shockwave explodes from the gravity drive, fucking up Miller in the med facility and breaching the hull of the Lewis and Clark. So something not so chill happened. (laughs) (laughs) To say the least. Miller gets to his feet, checking on his crew who don't respond immediately. Meanwhile, they're fighting fires on the bridge of the Lewis and Clark, Stark calling it a pressure emergency and sending Weir to the airlock for the pressure suits. Cooper twists through the Ripley's Believe It or Not thing, (laughs) (laughs) pulling on the wire, and eventually Justin emerges from the sludge. He grabs hold of him, confused at the sludge and the gravity drive in general. In the airlock, Smith responds to Miller, telling him that the Lewis and Clark is just fucked up and that they're basically dead. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) That's, That's awesome. Stark and Weir realize that the event horizon is everything that the Lewis and Clark lost and might be their only hope for survival. Don't you think that maybe this was Event Horizon's plan all along? Yeah. Possibly. It's like, we got all that shit here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds come like on. you might need to come over here. Smith is hesitant. Thankfully, someone is. But Miller orders everyone on the Event Horizon. Incidentally, Peters at this exact moment is able to fix the gravity problem and turn on the heater. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thermal units, heater is. The yeah. heater. <laughs> it's it's little... nice and warm, guys. <laughs> 
But the frozen corpse that she discovered falls to the ground, shattering. Looks pretty good. Who's going to clean that up? I, <laughs> we're like, well, it's not my ship. So. Yeah. <laughs> but then we then see a variety of floating items also fall to the ground. This does not look very good. No. The floating coolant in the engine room rains down on Cooper, who still holds a very injured Justin. After some exterior shots of the event horizon, we zoom in on the cross-shaped window, meeting the crew on the bridge. Weir has gotten primary functions online, but Stark says that there's no radio or any way to send a signal for help. But even worse, she's like, my mouth tastes bad. (laughs) 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 We learn... We learn that it's the carbon dioxide in the air. And even if they take the scrubbers from the Lewis and Clark, that'll only give them about 20 hours of breathable air. Shit always gets more real when you put a time limit on it. Like yes. that Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. <laughs> we only got 24 hours. You did that yeah. to yourself. But they're uh. not imposing this on themselves. No, they're not. <laughs> but it always uh, makes shit a little more real when it's like, oh, in 20 hours, we're not going to be able to breathe right. anymore. No. So is that a real thing? Which thing? Do you taste... Uh, in the, the CO2? Air? Yeah. I guess so. I mean, I I, I would assume so. I mean, that so. would be great to know in case. That's like, true. Some, yeah. yeah. I know carbon monoxide is odorless. Right. But Which carbon is dioxide, yeah. who knows? Yeah. Maybe Gail it makes your mouth taste bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what happened to Gail. <laughs> but I personally, after what I saw on the Lewis and Clark, I don't know that I would want to return. Yeah. yeah. It was like, they didn't put out those fires. <laughs> no. <laughs> they left. Like, we got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. But I mean, return they do. And by they, I mean Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He finds a seven meter fracture on the hull, just burping smoke into space. He says that it can be repaired, but it'll take time. Miller's like, well, you got 20 hours, Slim. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. That's about it. And we're dead. Yeah. Yeah. Again, the countdown. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But then Miller turns his attention to that viscera that we talked about earlier on the wall, asking Weir what happened here. Weir does not answer. (laughs) And the scene, I think, just ends here. (laughs) It's like, get your ass back here. (laughs) You're the only one that knows anything. Yeah. You, you, yeah. Don't, you don't get to be coy. You don't get yeah, to be no mysterious. Shit. He just kind of puts his head down. <laughs> He's like, something bad. It's yeah. like, if you, <laughs> like, come on, man. But in the medical room, DJ checks in on Justin, who is in stable condition, albeit unresponsive to stimuli. As Justin stares at the ceiling, DJ tells Peters that he might wake up in 15 minutes and he might not wake up at all. Cool. Thanks, Doc. (laughs) Are you really a doctor, man? (laughs) I thought the same thing. Come on. Oh, I don't know. Oh, we know nothing. All right. But back on the bridge, Cooper tries to explain the sludge business to Miller and Weir, but Weir says it's impossible. Cooper gets defensive, but Weir says that that would mean that the gateway is open. Cooper's like, then, yeah, that's what it was. I mean... Like what the yeah. fuck? That's impossible. That would only happen if blank. Well then, well, then yeah, yeah, that's yeah, probably that's what, what happened. happened. Weir says that that can't be because the gravity drive wasn't activated. But as soon as Cooper tries to reason with him, Miller scolds him. He reminds them of the reality that Justin could die and none of them are safe currently. But then he says that he does believe Cooper when he says that he saw something. Well, yeah, you're kind of pick a lane. I <laughs> I did appreciate that though because I feel like this movie would have kind of really annoyed me if 
he saw something and everybody's like, okay, whatever, yeah. Cooper. Yeah. He's like, no, I believe you, yeah. but we need to focus or whatever. And the fact that he's worked with him on how many missions? Yeah. yeah but that doesn't stop a lot. Of, people do that to their spouses That's in yeah. a lot of movies. <laughs> you were tired. <laughs> like, what yeah. the fuck? I saw a fucking ghost. <laughs> but Miller wants Weir to explain. And though Weir thinks Cooper is losing it, he says it's possible that he saw an optical illusion caused by a gravitational distortion. If you don't shut your ass up, <laughs> yeah. you're going to look me in my face and tell me that was an optical illusion. Well, not only that, uh, 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 say what now, if unless what else happened? A gravitational distortion? Yeah. How... Uh, what what is in that room? Yeah. yeah. What the fuck it, yeah. are you talking about? You're, you've yeah. called it the gravity drive. Yeah. <laughs> like it's on, dude. Yeah. Like what the fuck? And you saw it on. Yeah. Cooper does kind of get offended by that, thankfully, and then he gets scolded again by Miller, and he apologizes for. I think he called we're a motherfucker or something. Yeah. Well, he is one. But at my, if I'm on the ship at this point. I'm looking at this doctor and either you have some ulterior motive yeah. or you're being willfully ignorant. And I think it's clear that he's being willfully ignorant. It's right. like, are you fucking like, are you kidding me? Yeah. But Miller asks weird to elaborate on this, which he does. If gravity waves somehow escaped from the core somehow. Yeah. <laughs> if that happens. Yeah, I guess <laughs> he says it could fuck with space time, create the illusion that Cooper saw and also be responsible for what happened to the Lewis and Clark. But Weir is doubtful <laughs> despite all these things having yeah. happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what happened. That's exactly what happened. But Miller asks what's in the core. And so Weir takes them to it. As it spins, Weir explains that when the rings line up, it creates an artificial black hole which allows the ship to travel anywhere in space. I do want to call out the production design on this fucking room. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. I think they said this took four months to build alone. Man. Which is That's a, crazy. Yeah. Crazy. But Stark is kind of disgusted at Weir for having created, you know, a black hole. Yeah. But Weir is stoked at the power and possibilities of it. Shut up. <laughs> I'm getting real sick. Dude, is we, there a brig that we yeah. can just put him in? We've kind of changed gears <laughs> about him very quickly. Right. I feel like he hasn't like hasn't gone full heel turn or anything. Yeah. But I'm really not only suspicious of him. I'm yeah. side-eyeing you. But I'm definitely. annoyed at him. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the thought of playing with science like that but uh -huh. don't you don't do that we have <laughs> we don't want it t-minus like yeah. some hours of air left yes get excited about finding us some air yeah, no. <laughs> not about this is that another hellraiser <laughs> yes. yeah. getting him some skin <laughs> but weir quantifies it saying that the lewis and clark would take ten thousand years to do what the event horizon could do in a day he then invites them to come closer to the gravity drive but in an overhead shot miller breaks it down if Justin got sucked into the black hole, he could have gone wherever the event horizon has gone in the past. Weir says that it doesn't just go all black holy on its own, but Miller puts his foot down. Enough is enough. This section is off limits. Good. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Weir thinks Miller is overreacting, but Miller gives him a little recap on how fucked up things have become thanks to Weir's fucking little whirly yeah. dervish bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it is off limits. That's the final word. I mean, I get he built it and he's proud of it or whatever, but yeah. dude, you know some shit's going on and it has to do with this. Mm -hmm. Just let us close the doors. You're causing problems. Yeah. yeah. And if you've built it, I think you know what it's capable of. Right. 
and the again the unknown is terrifying oh yeah what's in a black hole we will literally never yeah, know yeah i don't <laughs> <laughs> i also wanted to point out that weir kind of stares into the gravity drive and the light of the ring matches up with the iris yeah. on his eye and that was when I was like, I think it's giving him ideas <laughs> <laughs> or something. Like, I don't trust him anymore. I think you need to get this man away from that drive. <laughs> it's going to become the villain of this picture. <laughs> but later in the medical facility, Peters is watching old videos while also keeping watch of Justin. I think it's of the crew of the Event Horizon. Yeah. Suddenly, she hears something rustling behind her, and she calls out, assuming that it's DJ, but when she gets no response and it happens again, she gives him a call on the intercom and finds out that he's not even on the same deck that she is. Nope. She picks up a bone saw and cautiously makes her way toward the noise. One of the beds in the med bay is covered by a tent, and we see a hand scratching at the fabric from the inside. Yeah, no. Uh-uh. Absolutely not. DJ, bring your bitch ass over yeah. here. Yeah. Like, I'm not. I'm sorry, dude. I understand we got the gravity and the heat on and everything, but yeah. there's no need <laughs> yeah. to separate at all. No. At the very least, I understand separating maybe like three here, two there. Right. Do not be alone. We need yeah, to at uh-uh. least be in pairs. But Peters continues approaching slowly, ripping it open to find her son, Denny, played by Barclay Wright. He calls out to her, Mommy? And when she looks down, she sees that his legs are covered in lesions and wide open sores. Horrifying. Very much. First, I was like, before he said, mommy, I'm like, there's a fucking kid on board. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's just a rent. No, this has nothing to do with me. (laughs) (laughs) The ship just had a kid. But she looks on in horror and is startled back to reality by a returning DJ. And her son is just gone. So something in here is fucking with my mind yeah. like my specific mind mm-hmm. uh, like how does it know your kid yeah yeah <laughs> it did not go to school with your kid no. <laughs> the other thing that uh, we were talking about the things that were cut one thing that was cut here mm-hmm. they lingered on the shot of his legs longer and you saw maggots come out of it oh Ew. and i guess the studio was like mm, that's yeah. too much <laughs> too much, <laughs> too much. But after Smith returns from the Lewis and Clark, Miller and Weir join Peters and DJ in the med bay. Peter shows a video she found, which is the last log of the Event Horizon. On it, John Kilpack, the captain of the Event Horizon, played by Peter Marinker, thanks his crew by name for their work and says they're about to engage the gravity drive and open the gateway to Proxima Centauri. I'm glad they're all excited and everything. Yeah. Uh, we all know that this doesn't end well. But I was... Um, <laughs> Wait, those screams weren't... <laughs> <laughs> it didn't sound like a good time. Oh, all right. I was really distracted, though, because one of the people that he mentions by name is Chris Chambers, and that's River Phoenix's name in Stand By Me. Oh, shit. Yeah, I was like, you cannot tell me that wasn't on purpose. Oh, it had to have been. I think he said, I can't remember who they were, but he said basically everybody as the crew of the Event Horizon is a director friend of his. Ah, that's cool. So I thought that was kind of neat. But Kilpak says then, Ave Atke Vale, which in Latin means hail and farewell. So you're the motherfucker speaking in Latin. Yeah. Exactly. But like in a moment of like screaming and terror, you yeah. still call on that? Yeah, like, like, come on, man. That's a little pretentious. <laughs> Could have just said it in regular. I mean, shit. <laughs> I do also want to say that that Ave Atke Vale is a bridge of a pretty ripping song by Mr. Bungle. <laughs> I love Mr. Bungle. But this is immediately followed by static and the sound of screams. So one can assume again that things went well. 
So the end of that tape is just the woods tape from Book of Shadows. <laughs> <laughs> Someone messed with the goddamn tape. Exactly. But <laughs> Peters says that she'll run it through some filters to clean it up, but then the lights suddenly go out. Weir says it's the core, so he and Miller run off to check. Once they get there, Weir posits that it might be a short in the failsafe circuit, so he pops open a side hatch and crawls inside. Now this, the green light that pops out looks really neat. Yeah. That's one thing I know I think I called out the cinematographer before. The use of lighting in this film. Yeah. Yeah, it's really fantastic. Great. But back in the med bay, Justin begins to seize, foaming at the mouth. DJ tries to shoot him up, but Justin stops him and says, he's coming. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) it's about to get worse, my friend. DJ asks who, and he says, the dark. Oh, my God. (laughs) How do you? How do you? (laughs) The dark night. Yes. Batman's on his way. How do you react to that? Um, he was in there very briefly right. and it fucked him up so much that he went catatonic yes. and then this is, no man I'll take my chances in the mystery <laughs> well, I'm going back to the Lewis and Clark to suffocate or something <laughs> <laughs> it's not even close to fixed yeah. dude. well isn't there like a porch or something we can sit on a porch <laughs> like, where you don't go inside the haunted house right. you just kind of hang out <laughs> speaking of haunted house that's one thing I did want to talk about is that the the shit that we just saw with Peters right it's really haunted house style horror yeah right but the haunted house style in conjunction with space mm, oh yeah that's interesting as fuck it yeah. is I think I read that the original script they were gonna say that it was caused by aliens yeah. by Zeno I mean uh, yeah. sorry sorry everyone <laughs> but uh they they switched it to a different reason which is very interesting to me we'll get to later mm-hmm. but I'm really glad that they didn't go with just simply aliens yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got enough alien in here. They were doing too much. (laughs) But Weir ventures on through the narrow green passageway, finding the failsafe circuit and popping it open. As he works at it, he hears his wife's voice whisper his name. We get a fantastic dolly zoom shot, uh, which I I love. I loved that. And we watch the passage lengthen and the fear set into his face. Fuck no. No. Alone again, alone. Yeah. Why couldn't Miller come in here with you? Th- this little like vent shaft thing looks like there's a little room in there. Yeah, I I'm not going in there. Oh no, no, uh, I didn't like that. And the fact that he was alone kind of made it look like he was doing something shady. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if he was, but it looked like. It. Yeah. <laughs> also reminds me of the Vincent Alien. Right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? Justin kind of going in to investigate fucks up becomes kind of comatose. That also reminds I me. I mean. Of- you know, uh, alien move right past. Sorry, just go past it. Sorry. But suddenly the lights begin to cycle and then blink. Weir turns on his flashlight as his wife's voice gets closer. He calls out to Miller for help, but then his flashlight starts going out. As the lights turn on, his wife appears in front of him, eyeless and naked. She tells him, be with me forever. The lights turn on again. And when they return, she's gone. So I'm like, what is the story with his wife? It again, I think it's very interesting that they set it up at the beginning. Right. Yeah. Him looking at the picture and saying, I miss you. Yeah. That could literally mean you're on earth. I'm in space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's how I took it. Me at too. First. Me too. Um, I have a question, but I don't think I can ask it yet. So right. I'm going to write it down and then right, we'll come right. back to it. I'm excited. But on Miller's side in the gravity drive room, he notices water beginning to boil beneath the gravity drive. 
As he approaches it, a fire begins to burn, followed by a charred man rising from the flames and staring directly at him. What the fuck? Yeah. yeah. Also, this charred man is played by the guy that played Mark in 28 Days Later. Are you serious? Yeah, I thought that was really cool. That is really fucking cool. I This, for me, they haven't really explained it yet. Right. Yeah. But I'm starting to get an idea that maybe as above so below might have seen event horizon yeah. oh dude yeah you for know? sure yeah. yes and i don't mean the film i mean the dowdle brothers <laughs> no the, the movie the movie, <laughs> the movie watched, watched another movie, movie. <laughs> <laughs> but the crew returns to the bridge miller spilling his guts about the vision he saw he tries to get weird a double dutch into this thing with his story but he just stays silent Peters takes up his slack, though, telling them all that she saw her son in the med bay an hour ago. Weir says that she could be traumatized or in shock, or maybe it's the CO2, just giving them hallucinations. I'm skeptical as fuck, yeah. but things are piling up. Freakish things do happen. Yeah. <laughs> that they do. I was annoyed because you literally saw something. Yes. Yeah. And now you're lying about it. And I'm sorry, you were the first motherfucker to see something. Yes. And you saw it on the Lewis and Clark. Yes. Yeah. So, so I'm I'm mad at you because <laughs> you, you know, you're in on this too. Right. I'm mad at you. <laughs> I'm very don't upset just, with you. Don't just hang me out to dry. It's like in what were we watching? Hell House LLC. Yeah, yeah man. When he was like, you were here. Like, don't be acting yeah, yeah. like that now that we're in front of people. You saw it. It's just bullshit. It's fucked up. And I, I don't appreciate <laughs> and it. And you're mad at him. Mad. <laughs> but Peters disagrees about the whole hallucination thing. And Weir is like, ah, and just kind of waves her off. Miller says that he even felt the heat from the fire that the crispy man was standing in. And Smith admits that while he hasn't seen anything, he has some astute analysis to offer, which is that the ship is fucked. Yeah. (laughs) Weir lets out a snide remark and they almost come to blows. Honestly, uh, fuck him up. Oh, yeah. I've already asked for y'all to throw him in a brig yeah, at least yeah. give, at give least him, whip his ass uh, yeah. give him a little ass whooping and yeah, put him in yeah. his place mm-hmm. i appreciate this because smith does say what everyone is thinking which is you think you can fuck with the laws of physics and yes! not not pay a well, price yeah. yes. <laughs> he then kind of takes it far he says you killed the last crew and now you want to kill us too i'm like oh. yeah. i mean is it harsh yes yeah is he wrong no no i mean he's no, not he's not but i mean I think you, you win more flies with... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he was right about the laws of physics thing. He is. Everyone can agree on that. <laughs> oh, <right>? yeah. <laughs> but out of nowhere, and with cartoonishly tense music, DJ grabs Smith from behind, putting a scalpel to his throat. It's like, what the fuck, DJ? Yeah. This shocked the fuck out of me. He tells him it's just a ship and nothing odd is happening. He then comes back to his senses, dropping the scalpel, and Miller asks if he's all right. <laughs> Man, like, that, that's like yeah, yeah my throat's pizza <laughs> whatever he was like that was probably really upsetting for you to have to do that yeah. are you okay and the way that you were wrenching your wrist that, could, yeah. that can't have been but smith uses this window to lunge at weir but miller shuts that window with the quickness ordering him to return to the clark with cooper for repairs I mean, honestly, all this yelling and fighting and breathing hard is right. only shortening our time. Yeah. <laughs> like, I need everybody to calm down yes. and lower their heart rate. Let's and meditate. Rate. Let's meditate. And then we can move forward because this is just entirely right. too much. Instead of fighting each other. Yeah. <laughs> but later, Stark catches up with Miller as he walks down a hallway, delivering some troubling news. 
The results of her bioscan were that of an indeterminate origin, but she has a theory. There's a connection between the readings and the hallucinations, a defensive reaction from the ship itself. The ship is alive. No, thanks. Yeah. Uh, it made me laugh because she's like, I have something to tell you. And he's like, tell me. And then she says this and he's like, I don't have time to listen. to this. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't get that. <laughs> he didn't want to hear it. I don't blame I him. Know, but... but you've seen something. Yes. <laughs> It's not time to turn on your crew. No. You know what I mean? He just said, too, I felt the heat. Yeah. You know what the fuck's <laughs> going on? <laughs> I think what gets me, because he gets fed up, and he's like, our only goal is to survive the next 10 hours. Yeah. Stark hasn't seen anything yet. No. Yeah. But Miller has. Yeah. So he should be very receptive to this, considering the fact that she's willing to fucking research this shit that right. she is just taking their word on. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. literally encountered a burned man. Yeah. But he's like, ah, 10 hours. He's yeah. like, I don't want to <laughs> see you later. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I wouldn't want to either, but shit. But anyway, in the med bay, Peters paces around as Justin lies motionless on an exam table. She spends a little too much time pacing to one side of the room because when the camera pans back to the exam table, Justin's gone. She shouldn't even be in here alone yeah. with him. No. I would never be alone again after seeing the shit that I saw earlier. Not at all. Hell no. Why isn't DJ here? Yeah. He's sharpening his scalpel. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just in case. But she calls out for Justin, stopping when she hears loud banging noises from the outside of the room. The lights flicker as the camera presses in on an empty door frame. Total misdirection because sparks suddenly explode behind Peters, sending her running like hell out of the room. We follow her, swooping behind her through corridors until she reaches DJ and Stark on the bridge, the door closing behind her. And again, why is anyone alone? I'm mad about it. Yeah. And I think DJ would be a lot more helpful in the med bay than on the bridge with Stark. Yeah. And yeah. Stark is already there with Weir. Yeah. So she's not alone. I don't think anyone yeah. should be alone with Weir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> true. DJ's like, I'll keep an eye Whoever's out. Whoever's right. with Weir is in a three-person team. Yeah. <laughs> but Peters cries out, almost hyperventilating, asking if they heard the noises that she heard. DJ calms her down, telling her that they didn't hear anything. As soon as he gets her to breathe, he tells her to explain what happened. She says, I was but is then interrupted by a loud bang, and we see something is putting dents in the door from the other side. Mm -hmm. Y'all heard that, yeah. right? <laughs> and you can fucking see it too, right? <laughs> Sparks fly as this continues, but Weir is sat in the captain's chair, super chill. <laughs> he, he simply says, open the door. <laughs> yeah. I was like, are you gonna fight this yeah. thing? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Smith got me fucking, I'm ready to. He's got testosterone yeah. to yeah. burn off, man. But he begins to walk toward the door stoically, almost in a trance. Before he can open it, Stark pretzels his arm, wrenching him into submission and telling him to control himself. Hell yeah. He is a little salty about this, yeah. though. About the pretzeling. <laughs> 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 but suddenly, an alarm sounds from a module, signifying someone is in the airlock. They radio Miller, who says none of the crew is there, but Peters remembers that Justin just got out of bed and is doing fuck knows what. Yeah. They rush through a corridor, green lights behind them and red lights below them. I got to call that out. <laughs> it looked very cool. But they reach the airlock just in time to see it close with Justin inside. Stark calls Miller on the intercom, who is out on the Lewis and Clark with Smith and Cooper. She tells him Justin is in the airlock and he's not wearing a suit. Stark tries to override the system, 
But in a neat shot, we see Miller Superman his way up a ladder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> back to the event horizon. They beg Justin to open the door and he finally turns around to look at them. He asks, almost in a trance, did you hear it? Peter says that she did. And he says, it shows you things, horrible things. What did he see? Yeah. I don't know. And it is, I'd, I'd really like to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do and I don't. I need to know how scared I should be right, right? now. <laughs> right. What's coming? Yes. Yeah. yeah. But he says that it's the dark inside of him from the other place and he won't go back there. In kind of a sad callback, Peters calls him Baby Bear mm-hmm. yeah, and begs for him to open the door. DJ kind of pulls a dick move and he's like, if he opens the airlock, it'll turn him inside out. Yeah. <laughs> like, we know it's bad. <laughs> like, I don't know why you got to do this. <laughs> can, we, <laughs> can we have an ounce of compassion? Yeah. Once? It's like, you might want to get him out of there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One sniff of that fog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Peters pleads with him, but he tells her that if she saw the things he did, she wouldn't try to stop him. He inches his way closer to the panel to open the door, which Peters encourages, but in a sly little bit of absurdity, there are two buttons, a green button <laughs> for the inner door and a red button for the outer door right next to each other. Yeah. <laughs> he plays like he's going for the green button, then whoops, and I oh, too yeah. fast. <laughs> he presses the red one. Stark tells Miller what happened, and Miller goes, Justin! <laughs> <laughs> but an alarm sounds as a 30-second countdown to decompression begins. Suddenly, Justin comes back to himself out of the trance and asks them to open the door but it's not possible once the outer door has been triggered. He's like, what am I doing in a big costume? (laughs) (laughs) He very sadly calls Peter's mama bear and asks again for her to open the door. Miller talks to him through the radio in his suit, pulling himself through space to get outside the airlock door. Justin looks down at his arms and the veins in his arms begin to bulge and he screams in pain. That I was like, (gasps) yeah, like it's already starting. Um, I, so, <laughs> sorry no because he goes it's happening it is. <laughs> it is yeah i saw that they had made fake skin yeah and had tubes obviously under the fake skin right. and then used compressed air to kind of make it and it looked oh, it looked shit. horrifying no that would suck so oh, bad that would indeed yeah. suck yeah well, kind of literally really no. yeah <laughs> Seeing the shot, you almost want to think it's CG. Yeah. Yeah. But again, no. some no. of this practical work yeah. is just top notch. But he then lifts off the ground, pain filling his eyes. Miller tells him to shut his eyes and curl into a ball as he makes it outside the airlock door. He tells him to blow all the air out of his lungs. And we watch as Justin writhes in pain, blood pouring from his face and the airlock door opens. As soon as it does, Miller launches himself to intercept him. Blood spews from Justin's mouth as Miller catches him. It was very sweet. He said, okay, baby bear. Yeah. I was like, you too? Everyone's doing the bear stuff? (laughs) The bear stuff? (laughs) (laughs) I guess Weir is Goldilocks in this case. (laughs) (laughs) But they sail back into the airlock room, the door closing behind them. This is all achieved with wire work. Man. Nice. This whole sequence, I'm like, this is fucking crazy (laughs) tense as hell again it is so tense and sad another countdown a shorter countdown (laughs) it puts the pressure on Mm -hmm. yeah 
Speaking of the pressure, the pressure has returned now that the airlock door is closed, and the crew rushes inside, DJ injecting Justin with something, I don't know, and they try to keep him breathing. <laughs> and the doctor, Weir, just sits there. Yeah. Yes, he does. <laughs> Thanks. I do want to say there is <laughs> there is some horrible fucking farm going on, because dude is literally choking on his own blood. Yeah. So they lay him on, on his, his back. back. <laughs> yeah. As one does. And Stark puts her hand over his mouth. <laughs> So I was like, I don't know if this is... I think they want Justin to die. (laughs) (laughs) But like you said, Weir is still sat in a chair on the bridge and he covers his ears as he overhears the frantic crew on the intercom. He gets flashes of the gravity drive in his mind and after the last one, he raises his head almost like message received. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking weird. But we cut to the rest of the crew together, Justin in stasis inside of a gravity tank filled with green liquid. The ships are different. That's when you're sick. Yeah. You get the green liquid. You use Listerine. When you're trying to grow your eyes back, you get the green liquid. (laughs) But DJ says that Justin is stabilized, and if they make it back, he'll live. Miller assures him that they will make it back. Stark brings a stark reminder, though. CO2. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) CO2 levels will become toxic in four hours. Peters is tasked with finding out what happened to the previous crew, but she flat out refuses to return to the med bay, opting to work from the log on the bridge instead. Understandable. Yes. Oh, yeah. She's like, every time I go there, I dude. Can- <laughs> I can't believe she went back the second time. No, yeah. me neither. But after she leaves, Stark asks what Justin meant by the dark inside me, and Weir says it doesn't mean anything and tries to leave. <laughs> you don't. Yeah. <laughs> you don't think that means anything? Yeah. It means nothing. It <laughs> just leaves. <laughs> I hate I, him. Yeah. Fuck you, man. Seriously. Yeah. This is when Miller tails him out of the room wanting answers. Weir tries to rattle off some scientific mumbo jumbo, but Morpheus is not the one. Yeah. Never. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you said the ship creates a gateway. To where? Weir has no idea. Miller <laughs> Miller presses him, but he says that he needs time to understand. He keeps asking him. He's like, I don't, I do yeah. not know. Bitch, we I don't do not know this. <laughs> we don't have time. No. Yeah. What did she say? Four hours now? Yeah. Yeah. I'm come on, dude. If you don't, if you don't know me by now. Yeah. <laughs> But Miller storms off, and we find him alone in the middle of intersecting corridors. A voice calls out to him, begging him for help and asking him not to leave. Miller tries to collect himself, saying it's all in his head, but as he closes his eyes, he gets quick flashes of violent imagery. He stops closing his eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Completely overcome, he just says, God help us. But back at the gravity tanks, Miller tells DJ that the voice he heard is from an old shipmate by the name of Edmund Corrick, who was left behind when their previous ship, the Goliath, burst into flames from an exploding CO2 tank. He says waves of fire kept hitting Corrick, and he screamed for Miller to save him, but he had no choice but to leave him behind. He says he never told anyone about it, but somehow the ship knows. That's really sad. Mm -hmm. And it just goes to show that it's using personal shit in your mind against yeah. you which is even worse yeah and just scare me with the regulation like, scare. <laughs> just your garden variety don't uh, tailor well, it man, the lady tried to tell you the ship was haunted she did or, you, know, well, or, you know she said it was alive yeah well, he didn't have time <laughs> <laughs> like 10 hours an hour at like what two fuck the other thing though is that this portion that he's talking about was supposed to have a flashback 
Yeah. And they said that Lawrence Fishburne's performance in this scene was so good, they didn't want to cut away from it. And that's I fa- yeah. that's fair. He seems very genuine and it's very sad. Right. Yeah. But this also kind of explains why he was fighting so hard to save Justin. Yeah. So we're to getting not some let it happen yeah. again. like depth of character. I think that's one thing I do like about this film is that some of the characters really do have a lot of depth. Yeah. Even a full on character arc. Yeah. Others don't. Not as much. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, but I guess you can't win them all. But he says that the ship knows his fears and his secrets. This is when DJ's like, well, hold on to your tits there, boss, because I randomly decided to retranslate that distress call that brought us here to begin with. Turns out it didn't say liberate me, save us. It said liberate tutame, save yourselves. Well, that's a big difference. Yeah. Very big. (laughs) But wait. Yeah. (laughs) There's more. He plays the next clip, which he hears as X in Ferris. So in full, mm-hmm. save yourself <laughs> from hell. Awesome. Right. Yeah. I'm so glad we Just came. crying and wheezing. And, <laughs> what do you do with that now? What can you do? Like You're it, already it, here. You've got what? We said, what? Two hours left to live? Something of, like that. Or of oxygen. And then now what? Cry? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Waste your oxygen sobbing. Yeah. <laughs> or vomiting if you're me. Oh my God. T- <laughs> Ew, vomit in space? Ew. No thanks. Well, they turn on the gravity, so. <laughs> so it's fine. Yeah. It's, it's normal. It's normal. <laughs> but long story short, who knows where the ship has been, what it's seen, or what it's brought back. Miller's like, you don't believe that, do you? DJ says whoever sent them the message did. And that's enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take your word for it, champ champ (laughs) but thankfully cooper rings on the intercom with some good news they're ready to repressurize the clark and gtfo aboard the clark he flips a switch to begin the repressurizing process it's much better but not quite there yet yeah they're still venting trace gases so cooper asks for 20 minutes to plug the hole miller is stoked calling cooper a lifesaver which he is oh yeah but back on the event horizon Peters enjoys a cold cup of coffee on the bridge with Stark when suddenly we hear screams coming from the module. They look at the screen, but their faces are quickly filled with terror and disgust before Peters radios into Miller. On the screen, we see the crew of the Event Horizon in pure bedlam. Crew members having rough sex while others are being disemboweled. One member has his intestines pulled out from his mouth while another's head is impaled by a spike. Captain Kilpack holds his own gouged out eyes in his palms, raises them to the camera, and growls, Liberate Tutame ex in Ferris. Miller shuts it off. I mean, yeah, we've seen enough. Yeah. Uh, I've read that they refer to this section as the blood orgy. Mm-hmm. Fair point. And that it went on a lot longer. Yeah. I honestly would have appreciated a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, I understand mm-hmm. they've seen enough. Yeah. I haven't. Right. I, again, I want to see the freaky shit. <laughs> right. I paid for the movie. <laughs> and you're just going to turn it yeah. off. But this once again is like Hellraiser territory. Oh, of right. course. Yeah. They had said that, this is according to Den of Geek, there was a scene of amateur dentistry. Right. There uh, was. Oh, well, that would explain the, the root. Exactly. Yeah. The rooted so tooth. I guess if you cut out one, you have to cut out the other. <laughs> but there was cannibalism. There was more banging. 
Yeah. Uh, someone had their breasts ripped off. Holy Ooh, shit. Like, so they went balls to the wall. Yeah. And this was obviously cut by the studio. <laughs> I oh. can just, can you imagine shooting oh. all those scenes and then showing yeah. them? <laughs> <laughs> their fucking warped faces. And the, note, <laughs> the note you get back, none, none of, of that. that. <laughs> <laughs> that would fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> the the crazy story that almost sounds made up is that they really wanted to put together a director's cut. Yeah. I would love that. Oh, yeah. The unfortunate thing, and this is, again, not a joke, <laughs> they found the film footage had been sent to and kept in a Transylvanian salt mine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is real. I'm not fucking around. And the film was obviously degraded because you don't really normally store film in a Transylvanian salt right. mine. Yeah. Who put it there? Renfield? <laughs> <laughs> That's such ridiculous. In exchange for several rats. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so. Some plump spiders. <laughs> there is a rumor, I think it was it's like in 2012 or something, one of the producers did say that they found the full version on video from back in those days. But according to IMDb, that producer and Anderson have not hung out to watch it. So they don't know if it's real or not. Yeah. I'm like, hang out. You don't, <laughs> you don't think maybe you should put that on your to-do list. Yeah. yeah. I mean, shit, but here's hoping they somehow find a way to, cause I would love to see more. Yes. But this is probably my <laughs> favorite line in the film. After he shuts off the tape, Miller goes, we're leaving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Weir gets testy, though, reminding him of their mission. But it's like, the mission was to rescue the crew and salvage the ship. The crew is dead as fuck. Yeah. yeah. So let's just get what we need and go. You need to let this go. Yes. You need to just take the L and oh, move yeah. on. yeah. Are you in love with this ship, man? <laughs> yeah. Like, this is going <laughs> to places. He's on what? My strange addiction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can stay here, dude. Yes. Yeah, no. Yeah, we're That's leaving. Fine. Yeah. But Miller tells Stark to download the files from the computers, DJ to get Justin ready for transport and salvage medical, and for Peters and Smith to get the CO2 scrubbers back to the Clark. Weir sincerely asks him not to do this, but Miller says it's done. Weir follows him desperately through the corridor they entered the ship from, saying that they can't just leave his ship. Miller's like, oh, we're not going to leave it. The second we're on the Clark, we're going to launch missiles at the event horizon. Yeah. <laughs> This part. Yes. Yeah. Blow it the fuck up. Send it to actual hell. Yes. <laughs> but he, maybe this is my favorite line. He goes, fuck this ship. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the Morpheus thing. Yes. <laughs> this, weirdly, this is when he almost comes to blows with Weir, who backs off. Yeah. Suddenly, though, the lights shut off. Stark gets on the intercom and says that the bioscan went off the scale. The core is draining the ship. Miller tells her to get the files so they can get the hell out of here. And Weir says, they can't leave. She won't let them. Okay. More like Weir, duh. Okay? <laughs> I've fucking had it with you, dude. She? I yeah. know we call ships whatever. You call boats Bo she. She call boats yeah. she, Georgie. Yeah. I get all that. But we do not need to use any term of endearment for this right. fucking monster ship that we're no. on right now. This ship is pure evil. Yes. Uh, this, this isn't it. And I don't mean Pennywise. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I mean, the powers and shit. But Miller tells him, he's like, look, get your gear or you will be 
you will be walking home (laughs) which i don't know how i I don't give a fuck how yeah this is when full villainy (laughs) happens because weir responds i am home yeah (laughs) and just slinks into the shadows not homer simpsoning into the shadows i fucking had it with you we're leaving and if you're not there you're just not there yeah too bad oh man it's ass in seat time (laughs) yes but Peters and Smith rush to collect the CO2 scrubbers they need, and they finally reach the magic number of 25. Peters then stops to get one last look at the gravity drive before turning to join Smith down the Ripley's, believe it or not, <laughs> <laughs> bridge. But unfortunately, the gravity drive turns and lights up, catching her attention again. The, that part when they were getting him made me laugh because she's yeah. like, don't you want to breathe? And he's like, I don't look. No. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck air. Seriously. I just yeah. want to leave. Let's leave. I will hold my breath the yeah. whole way. <laughs> but in its lights, she sees memories of her son eventually seeing him run past the gravity drive in the room. No. Yeah. We get a shot of the gravity drive in her eye, much like what we saw with Weir earlier. She then heads back into the room, dropping the CO2 scrubbers along the way. Why did he leave without her? That was my yeah, question. Yeah, I know. He fucking I took off. I know. It's like, uh, I, I'm joking about fuck you. Like, yeah. but, I mean, we would be holding hands. Uh-huh. We'd be side yeah. by side. We Like, that is the source of everything bad that's happening. Yeah. I'm yeah. not turning my back and leaving you back there. No, hell no. He's like, I don't want to breathe. I don't want to yeah. wait. <laughs> 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 fucking out of here. I've got one he's fucking <laughs> tunnel vision. One priority. But she follows her son into a side hatch, and after spying him running around on a higher level, she begins to climb a ladder. There's flashing blue and orange lights throughout. Chef's kiss. (laughs) But she reaches the top, out of breath, and finds nothing. After getting a vision of her own mutilated corpse, she looks up to see her son. Yeah. He turns around, all but beckoning her to come closer. She then steps forward to reach him, but immediately falls through a massive hole in the floor. She tumbles through jagged metal before crashing down in a splash of blood to the floor of the gravity drive room below. Her like ping ponging off the wall. I'm like, fuck. That was tough, man. She did not deserve any of that. No. No. And it's the, like, I know that shit's been going down, but as she's dying, which by the way, she envisioned her death already, which is a little bit, maybe don't do that actually, come to think of it, because it really did just happen five seconds later. (laughs) But I think that it hurts to see because much like alien the crew felt like a family yeah right. and now this was their quote mama bear unquote yeah. and she's dead yeah very sad but weir enters the gravity room out of breath and finds peter's corpse he mournfully calls out to her and we see that her eyes are completely black yeah is that a byproduct though? <laughs> yeah I- <laughs> like nobody told me i that don't was know part but it, it looked scary <laughs> <laughs> but just then claire calls out to him again But as he steps forward, he finds himself in the bathroom of the daylight station. Interestingly, this is all a practical transition. They cut the sets and like stuck them together. Oh, wow. And that's how it looks like he just immediately is there. It's brilliant. But he watches as his wife puts on makeup in a mirror, totally ignoring him. He apologizes for never being home and letting his work come between them. In a flash of static that honestly made me jump. I'm not even going to (laughs) lie. We see her running a bath for herself. He begs her not to. Not again, he says. He watches her step into the tub naked, and in a succession of flashes, she grabs a straight razor, putting it to her wrist, and then in a flash, she floats lifelessly as the tub is filled with bloody water. As Weir collapses to the floor, Claire stands next to him and cradles his head. 
With her eyes closed, she tells him that he'll never be alone again and that she has such wonderful things to show him. She opens her eyes, revealing those empty sockets once again as she begins to gouge out Weir's eyes. That, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> to put it mildly. Back in reality, though, the camera cranes up above Weir as he claws at his own eyes and screams. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Like, so he's doing it. Yeah. So my, I guess I can ask now the question that I didn't want to ask too early. Okay. Was him dreaming before they even got to the event horizon already the ship kind of sinking its claws into him? I think right. so. Yeah. And it's it's crazy because he inv- he invented this fucking ship. Yeah. yeah. So it's like So I mean he would be the one to start feeling it first cuz he's the only one that's acquainted with it. Right. But it's like you were fucked before you even got here. Yeah. yeah. And stuff like that really fucks with me. Well, you know, it's honestly like the biggest draw of science fiction from the beginning is this idea of technology kind of advancing beyond us yeah. right? to where not only can we not control it, but it's fucking ruining us. Yeah. Right. And so this for me, I mean, it's so literal. He built this thing mm-hmm. and now not only is it taking him to the worst moment of his life. Yeah. It's over and over again. Yeah. It's like, dude, it's a, uh, you know, no no spoilers but it's about to fuck shit up (laughs) (laughs) but cooper totally unaware of everything continues sealing up the clark smith sets down his scrubbers on board the lewis and clark and radios into cooper finding out that they'll be good to go in a couple of minutes he's not like huh what wonder what happened to peter she's right behind me exactly i'm sure it's fine that's where i was like come on man (laughs) i'm sure it's okay i think that acceptable would be getting to the end of the ripley's believe it or not tunnel yeah not back on the fucking ship <laughs> and still not yeah, asking you about her no nope. you didn't hear from her you didn't if you questioned you know hey you all right you yeah didn't get an answer nope. nope he's like i'm going home yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i know what part of that you didn't understand but oddly he spots we're on the vessel heading off of it he calls miller to let him know what's going on and miller notices that one of the explosives from the event horizon is missing fuck I know I keep bringing up a break, yeah. <laughs> but the minute people start, I am <laughs> and slinking into the darkness, you grab that motherfucker and you put him somewhere. Yeah. Miller's been so proactive. Why wasn't he like, get, get yeah, back here. No <laughs> get your ass back Away here. from those shadows. You're going to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> but Miller implores Smith to get off the Clark as it's clear that Weir is about to blow it up. Miller runs toward the dock to help as Smith begins searching frantically for the explosive device, eventually finding it among his gear. He presses a button to stop it, but it's too late. Detonation is within five seconds. He closes his eyes and accepts his fate. Man. I liked Smith. Me too. Yeah. Did one of those buttons say disable or that was... Uh... That wouldn't have stopped it. It was too late. Huh? I guess not. Yeah. You can only disable it if it has four minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> I swear it's to God. It's in the handbook. Yeah. I feel like I don't remember seeing the countdown until he pressed the button. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, mm, sorry, no. dude. Yeah. <laughs> We're I live, pal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
another thing that's interesting is they were supposed to show him being blown apart. Right. But I guess the shot of his face, like accepting what's happening, right. he said was way more impactful. It's so yeah. fucking sad. And I'm it's so, like, there's yeah. no, yeah. it's over. It's done. I'm very glad they didn't show him being ripped yeah. apart. Yeah. Because I mean, it's 1997 <laughs> as well. <laughs> Might have ruined shit. It would just be flubber. <laughs> <laughs> so he was made of flubber. <laughs> But a large explosion rips through the Clark, each room destroyed internally. We watch externally as fire bursts through each section, completely destroying it and blasting poor Cooper deep into space. Miller watches from the dock door, distraught and unable to help. So this was all achieved uh, by a series of models right. that they blew up, or I, <laughs> I guess that's not the, that they, that they blew, blew up. <laughs> But the interiors and stuff, it's right, right. much more understandable that they would do that with models, right. not destroying the amazing sets that they yeah. built. But I just want to commend the model work. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I know we talked about Alien looking believable and real and everything. Right, right. And that was all the way back in 1979. So if in 97 it didn't look real, yeah. that'd be very <laughs> fucking weird. Up. But Cooper, an absolute genius has attached himself to a bit of metal debris. He then purges his air tank, which creates a blast strong enough to send him in the direction of the event horizon. Back on the ship, Miller calls into the med bay to update DJ with the gruesome details. I was just so happy that Cooper was alive. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I was like, what an awkward death. Because I think he was like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) That wouldn't have worked for me. I thought he was heading back to Earth. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, screw you guys. But he tells DJ that the Clark is gone. Smith and Cooper are too. It was weird. On sight, take him out. DJ grabs a weapon saying he's not worried about Weir, but he probably should have been because as soon as he turns around, Weir is there and he grabs him by the throat. He is just out here doing the most. Yes. It's like the moment he, I guess, took his eyes out. He was like, oh, we're just fucking, we're just doing this shit. Yeah. The moment he accepted it, he like turns into The Undertaker and he's just (laughs) what the fuck? He's unstoppable, man. Um, Why did he throw the weapon down? I don't know. I I mean... I think he was frightened. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. <laughs> so, dude, come on, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fucking, just stab him in yeah, the shoulder. Something. You can still fight him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know that you can hurt him enough. He's going to stop. Just because he's accepted whatever's going on doesn't mean he's superhuman. Yeah. So I do wonder why he's like <laughs> able to lift him with one arm <laughs> by the throat. He's got the ship behind him. Yeah, that, is, that is very fair. But we do get a close-up shot of his vacant eye sockets as Weir throws DJ against the wall by his throat. He then just continues to thrash his ass around the room, eventually tossing him on an examination table. We watch as he picks up and uses various tools, but we don't get the payoff until Miller runs in to find DJ's body completely dissected. He's hung on hooks, his front and back flayed and clipped open, all of his guts resting on the examination table. So before he is dissected... We see that large scar yeah. Yeah. on his abdomen. That comes from a backstory that Jason Isaacs created for the character. It was a surgery that he had as a child. And then later it would be explained that his fear, if we saw the ship fucking with him, yeah. was literally being dissected. Oh, and right. so that's exactly what yeah. happened. Exactly. So maybe the ship is like on board <laughs> weird yeah. because he's like, oh, his fears are being dissected. I'll yeah. dissect him. Yeah. <laughs> But they said it's crazy because it was supposed to be originally filmed that Miller comes in, finds DJ's body, 
but his guts are still attached. And so he lifts his head and looks up at Miller. Oh, no. Because he's still alive. No. Oh, wow. And it would end with Miller having to put him out of his misery. And Damn. I am kind of glad they didn't do that. Yeah. They said, that's too much. It's <laughs> too much for Miller. It is because yeah, literally that's his, a lot. his character arc is saving people he couldn't yeah. save. And so to have to put down yeah, yeah. one yeah. of your crew, like, come on. He's like, no, just do surgery on me. Yeah. Back <laughs> no, just shove him back in. <laughs> but no, it's a lot. And it honestly reminded me a little bit of... Uh, Midsummer with that Viking torture thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. for sure. With the lungs in the back. And yeah. I, I think if he would have been alive, it really would have reminded me of it. Oh, yeah. But Jason Isaac said that he even in scenes that have nothing to do with it, you'll see him slightly like rubbing the scars oh, on his chest. Right, right. Yeah. So he put a lot into this I, performance. For it to be cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's unfortunate. But at this point, Miller's done. He snags a futuristic looking space gun from a locker and loads up with some threatening words that Weir does not hear. I was like, well, you know, with a dry cool wit like that, he can. (laughs) But Miller stalks the bridge, moving through halls and corridors with his gun at the ready. He finds Stark unconscious on the ground and sets down his gun to check on her. He cracks open some smelling salts that he had for some reason in his arm pocket. You don't always carry smelling salts? (laughs) Not in my arm pocket. (laughs) But she wakes up and he says that he's going to get her out of here. He goes for his gun, but it's gone. He was a little just like, okay, yeah. we're all right. He just lives it <laughs> all. No. He's like, no, we really He's need like- to get out of here now. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> like, I had something, yeah. but not anymore. <laughs> but <laughs> We've lost our advantage. Yeah. John Doe is the other hand. But suddenly the captain's chair turns around. Weir sits almost lifeless in it, holding the gun. He raises his head, and as lightning flashes, Miller notices his eyes. He's like, oh my god, what happened to your eyes? (laughs) What are those? (laughs) But Weir says, which I don't know if this is like a Back to the Future reference. But he goes, where we're going... We won't need eyes yeah. to see. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Ah! yeah. <laughs> Terrifying. So fucking scary. Weir says that he created the event horizon to carry them through the stars, but she's gone further. She's opened up a gateway to another dimension, a dimension of pure evil. He says when she went through, she was just a ship. But when she came back, she was alive. He calls the ship beautiful. Again, I think he's in love. No, yeah, no, no, no. No, no it's not. <laughs> but Miller's like, you know, your beautiful ship killed its crew. But Weir counters. Now she has another crew. She has us. This is when Weir presses a couple buttons on a nearby screen to initiate <laughs> the gravity drive yeah. with a 10-minute countdown. Now, interestingly, I did want to point out earlier, there are no screens in this film that are actually functional. Oh, oh, wow. All, right. all of them were green screen and filled in in post-production. Oh, all right. But Man, they look I believable. I can tell, yeah. I was very impressed. But he says that Miller wanted to know where the ship has been, and now he'll find out. Just then, Stark charges him, but <laughs> his signature move, he grabs it by the throat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it works. It, uh, yeah. But he raises her up and throws her across the room. Miller goes to attack next, but stops when Weir points his gun at him. Miller tells him that he'll blow the hull if he misses, and Weir asks, what makes you think I'll miss? I'm like, well, (laughs) (laughs) not to be a dick, but... (laughs) But just then, 
The cosmic comedy stylings of Cooper make their triumphant return as he floats toward the cross-shaped window outside. He, he's like, oh shit, oh no, I can't stop. Oh. <laughs> and he goes, oh shit, who's that? What the fuck? And then, <laughs> but before he can make me laugh again, Weir fires at the window, missing him, but the decompression flings him back into space. Now, they said that, I believe his name's Robert T. Jones, yeah. the mm-hmm. actor, he improved so much on set. <laughs> There's no way that was written. Yeah, no. (laughs) There is no way. But Weir continues firing while Miller dives for cover. He holds on tight to the ground as various objects whip around the frenzied scene. Weir is eventually thrown from his chair, clinging to a piece of a metal grate on the ground to keep from being pulled out of the cross-shaped window. His grip eventually gives and he's sucked into space. I was like, well, that's anticlimactic. Yeah. And so, I mean, I didn't see how much of the movie was left. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's like, wow. But Miller fights to stay on board, tangling with a wire in zero gravity. (laughs) This made me laugh because the sound. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's doing it and it's like. (laughs) I was like, come on, man. (laughs) (laughs) What sound is it supposed to make? (laughs) Not that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It was like it was almost like he was doing a lasso like sound. <laughs> Would there be sound? I don't know. In space, yeah. no one can hear you scream. Yeah, so I no guess one they can, can hear you whip whipping. a <laughs> <laughs> you whip a wire, but that's what I first said. I don't know if this is what would really happen. I don't know. <laughs> you <laughs> like, oh, that's a uh, lot. <laughs> does that know what happened when y'all went into yeah. space? <laughs> <laughs> but he. <laughs> eventually reaches the next room safely, blocking a closing door to retrieve Stark. He reaches out to her, telling her that he's not leaving her. She grabs his hand and he pulls her to safety. Again, more payoff of his story. Yes. I love it. When I tell you I was stressed this entire scene, (laughs) yeah, I think it was at this point where I'm like, I'm not even taking notes anymore. I'm just fucking watching the movie. (laughs) It gets hard sometimes, man. Yeah. Like, oh shit, I'm supposed to be working. Yeah. But just then... The alarm for the forward airlock begins to blare, and they arm themselves ready for a fight. As it opens and smoke billows out, it's revealed to be Cooper. Phew! Yes. I'm like, y'all better yeah. fucking leave Cooper alone. <laughs> they take off his helmet and calm him down because he has been through a lot, too. Yeah. And the fact that he knew nothing that was happening when he was on yeah. the Lewis and Clark, <laughs> and then he gets like exploded into the atmosphere, and then he comes back, and Weir looks like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he literally he said, "Who's that?" <laughs> <laughs> well, damn, he was like, "I can't breathe. Take it off." Yeah. he just blew his air tank. He did. Get over he there. Needs, that is true. Yeah. He needs a minute. Yeah. Like, fuck. Stark tells him that it's over, but Miller's like, eh, "Not so fast, Stark." <laughs> the gravity drive is kicking into gear in seven minutes. Since they don't have the knowledge to deactivate it, Miller suggests following Weir's advice from earlier, blow the corridor and use the Fordex as a lifeboat out of here. I knew that would come up. (laughs) (laughs) But he says, with any luck, the TDRS will receive their distress beacon while they're chilling in stasis in the gravity tanks waiting to be rescued. Until then, he's going to manually arm the explosives while Cooper sends the beacon and Stark preps the tanks. She offers to come with him, but he tells her to just close the door. So at this point, I was like, I'm afraid for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That really felt like a, don't worry about me. Just get out yeah. of here. Yeah. And the captain, man. This isn't even his ship, though. No, it's not. But with a five minute warning, Miller runs down the corridor, activating the explosives. Cooper sends the beacon, but notices drops of blood from above landing on his hands. 
He looks up to see the light fixtures above are filling with blood, casting an eerie red glow as blood runs down the walls. I saw in that behind the scenes thing how it's filling with blood in the light. That's yeah. literally red tissue paper that they have on a on a like string that yeah. they just pulled across. That is amazing. I, know. <laughs> I would never guess. I know. No. I thought that was really fucking cool. That is really cool. He screams for Stark though, who is dealing with her own problems. The large green tank in the center of the room has gone red with blood. It bursts, cascading in a wave and sending her down a hole. Now, this, I believe, is a clear reference to The Shining. Yeah. For sure. Take a shot. Take a shot, yes. She hits the ground hard, conveniently right in front of Cooper, and she tells him they need to run. Now, (laughs) there's something that happens in this moment that I'll bring up in just a minute. It's too much. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm very glad they cut it. But Miller arms the last explosive and snags the detonator. He alerts Stark, but the call is interrupted by a blast of fire. Korik has returned, and he says Miller let him burn, blasting him once again. Miller runs away in the only direction he can, down the Ripley's Believe It or Not tunnel, diving into the gravity drive room as the door closes behind him. That This ship really did everything it could to get Miller back here. Yes. Yeah. You know, the ship is probably high-fiving like right. something right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I uh, saw on that thing that they did this twice to have the fireball chasing him down the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. First is just Lawrence Fishburne running with a giant light. They're chasing him with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then they added a literal, they had like a flamethrower that they shot through oh, there. Shit. And they just kind of... I'm like, God that's, damn. I mean, not at him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, run, Lawrence. <laughs> run, fish. <laughs> uh, this was very Mortal Kombat. Um, well, did Scorpion take his well, mask yeah. off? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it did look cool, but I was like, that's a lot. It is a lot. It's the last blast as he lands yeah. in. It's like, come on, man. And stay. <laughs> Insult injury. I did hear, according to the producer, in the shots when Korik first blasts him, yeah. they accidentally burned down the entire set. Oh, oh my fuck. <laughs> Something happened and the flamethrower went haywire. No. And <laughs> no. it, I guess it caught something Damn. very flammable. And it's, he said that there were like gas tanks underneath. Oh, come fuck. on. They're powering the flamethrower. And they accidentally almost like blasted at those gas tanks. No. I'm like, are you trying to die? (laughs) Have you ever done this before? (laughs) (laughs) But with two minutes left, Miller stands up to exit, only to realize the entire room is engulfed in flames. Korik is somehow behind him and punches him, sending him flying against the wall in flames himself. Lawrence Fishburne's stunt double tumbles. <laughs> he tumbles down into the water below, <laughs> putting out the flames. I only say that because the editing is really bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's awful right well, here. They had to do it like super quick, right? Yeah, they, yeah, they did. So, I mean, and, and, and I swear to God, I don't have proof of this. I swear to God, he's wearing a Lawrence Fishburne mask. No. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm going to pause it later. You can probably see his eyes under Lawrence's eyes. <laughs> It's not great. But (laughs) Corrick reminds Miller that he left him behind. Miller says he's not Edmund Corrick because he watched Edmund Corrick die. This is when Corrick shifts into a bald, naked, cut up, and alive yet again, Weir. Weir has just fully assimilated. He's like, I'm comfortable in this. Let's take it the whole way. (laughs) Um, And he's just fucking around. He's like, oh, you know, it's not. Okay, it's just me. (laughs) 
I appreciate his commitment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> damn, dude. I read that this makeup took eight hours. God damn. That he had to show up at like 3 a.m. to get mm. his... <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. It's his entire body. <laughs> it is. They said that he, I think, was naked under the suit. <laughs> and it's a full body prosthetic. Yeah. And it was also shooting in winter. Oh, man. Oh, man. And using the lingo of the movie, there were no thermal units in the... <laughs> <laughs> so he's a fucking trooper. But... You see that he's all carved up. There's glyphs in his chest, on his head, face, everywhere. This was already supposed to have been seen because... Oh, no. When Stark tumbles down the ladder, Mm -hmm. this fucking monster weir was supposed to creep down the ladder upside down (laughs) like a spider (laughs) and smile at them. (laughs) (laughs) And it reminded me of... Like the spider walk from the exorcist. Yes, yeah. that's exactly Where what I was Where it's like, thinking. this is too much. <laughs> <laughs> We're fine without it. But now that Weir has returned, he lets out a cartoonishly evil laugh, almost like Tommy Wiseau level of... <laughs> 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 it's a lot. I'm like, Sam Neill, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? I understand you're freezing cold. <laughs> He's tired too, man. Yeah. Give him a break. It's like, oh, hi, Miller. <laughs> <laughs> But he says that the ship brought him back. She won't let him or anyone leave. He says that the ship has been to a place he could never imagine, and now it's time to go back. He says hell is only a word, but the reality of it is much worse. He then grabs him by the head and offers to show him. In a horrific montage of torturous images, we see Miller's crew battered, bloody, and in misery. Now, this again was supposed to be much longer. Mm-hmm. And I wish it had been. Me too. Yeah. The studio pressured them to take it out they literally called it too disturbing (laughs) (laughs) that's what we're here for man again we said it earlier but this is really 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 when i was like this feels like hellraiser yes yeah that was very hellraiser can you imagine they had to have been wearing a bunch of makeup probably some prosthetics Mm -hmm. for all of that work to be cut into a few i would be fuck i would be very mad and anderson said himself he's like you know when you go to work like on a romantic comedy you look at the script and you're like, oh, I'm really looking forward to filming this scene. Yeah. He said this scene, nobody was excited about. I bet. And he said that he took them separately and it would be like several hours yeah. working with one, doing all these weird camera tricks, right, right. going to the other. And so for nothing. it took forever just for it to be maybe 15 That's seconds. That's bogus, man. Yeah. I, I'm very disappointed in the studio. Yeah. Paramount. I mean, usually. Yeah. What are you doing? We usually are. True. But Miller says that his crew is not dead and snags a CO2 scrubber and starts to beat Weir's ass with it. I love <laughs> that all of this freaky shit is going on, but Miller's still like, no, I'm going to whoop yeah. your ass. <laughs> yeah. He thinks it can still be effective. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's admirable. But he does do a pet peeve of mine. He gives a word for every strike. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you won't take yeah. my crew. And I'm like, I'm cringing. <laughs> but Weir just clocks him once, sending him to the ground, telling him the crew belongs to the ship now. On the ground, Miller eyes the detonator, offering his life in place of theirs. Weir declines, saying the gateway is open now and they're all coming with him. As Miller picks up the detonator, Weir asks him, do you see? And fills his head with more visions of hell. Yes, Francis Dollarhide. Yeah. We see. <laughs> we see it. 
Miller replies, yes, I see, before clasping the detonator and exploding the corridor, killing Weir and sacrificing himself in the process. A fucking hero. Yeah. Absolutely. We love a redemption arc. Mm-hmm. But we watch as the explosion spreads through the entire ship, disconnecting the foredeck and sending it off as an escape pod for Stark and Cooper. The remaining portion of the ship is sucked into a newly formed black hole. Not the best effect in the film. (laughs) The black hole looked great, but the ship looked weightless. Yeah. (laughs) And not the good, like, zero gravity weightless. (laughs) But Stark and Cooper watch from the window of the foredeck as the black hole closes on the surface of Neptune. They look at each other and Stark just says, Miller. We get on-screen text reading 72 days later, and we hear a search and rescue team approach the event horizon, preparing to board it. Now, we only see the shadow of the ship. They said on commentary, because they ran out of money, they couldn't build another model. Uh, <laughs> they're like, well, you burned down yeah. the last one. <laughs> yeah. So you can use a fucking shadow. That's free. <laughs> but once the team makes it on board, they find three survivors in stasis in their gravity tanks. Stark, Cooper, and Justin. They open Stark's pod, and she tumbles out. She rises up, leaning on the rescuer and asking about Justin and Cooper. He tells her they're fine. They're with us. He takes off his helmet to reveal Weir's carved up face, repeating, they're with us. (laughs) (laughs) She does exactly that. She screams. (laughs) But Stark's eyes then open and it's revealed to have been a nightmare. Cooper and the real rescue team attempt to calm her down as she continues to thrash against the dream. The rescuer calls for a sedative several times as Cooper cradles Stark and the pod door closes. I was like, if that that was a dream, but she never saw him like that. Yeah. But I guess if he was spider walking and smiling, uh, I, yeah. guess she, <laughs> I guess she's like, did. hey, guys. <laughs> so. But I'm glad she lived. She can marry a plastic surgeon and yeah. flush gerbils and you know do whatever the fuck she wants now. But this is when we fade to black and the credits roll. I do need to talk about okay. the credits. <laughs> <laughs> because the funky shit by Prodigy yes. is playing over the credits. And Anderson actually said that he brought Prodigy to the set and he uh, had to uh, sell the studio on allowing their song to be in the uh, film. Oh, wow. Apparently, this was just before, I think it was The Fat of the Land came out uh-huh and fucking exploded yeah so they weren't oh wow yeah 97 so yeah. it was around that time and so you know they got prodigy in their film probably for not very that's yeah. fucking awesome All it's right. uh almost like okay yeah <laughs> it surprised me because i was like that does not fit it doesn't at all especially why after don't you do fire starter yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to see some funky shit <laughs> and they saw plenty of funky shit but I have to ask the customary question. What did you guys think of Event Horizon? Um, that end fight was a little much. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did enjoy the movie a lot. I will go back and watch this to watch it since we've already I've already got to watch it for the show. So now I don't have to pause and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't have to stop and take notes and I can just sit and watch it. But this movie was great. It was a yeah. lot of fun. Um, there was a couple of, you know, little things. But, I mean, I, I did really enjoy this movie. And if you've never seen it, watch it. And I'm I'm with you. I'm starting to see that I like sci-fi <laughs> horror. There, It's like a subgenre that I never... I don't think I just never gave it the chance. Right. Yeah. The Fly alien yeah this the fly is really what made me like bitch oh, you yeah. like this shit you like this 
I honestly loved this movie. I know that it's not perfect. And there are some moments where you're like, okay, wait, what is happening? (laughs) Mm -hmm. But and there, I don't want to say cheese because I feel like it's a level above cheese, but there are Mm. some of those moments. I, um, I, I love it. I I don't (laughs) care. I had a blast. Sam Neill fucking knocked it out of the park for me, yeah. <laughs> even with his winding up screams. Oh my god! It uh, I loved it. I liked the story that it told. The only thing is, I wish that there were more of the really fucked up imagery, or we could see more, maybe of what Justin saw. Yeah. Um, and maybe as the movie goes on, that could have been peppered in more. But yeah, I think it's a fucking blast. I'm mad that it took me this long to watch it. Yeah. Now I can reveal that the <laughs> photo that I always see associated with this movie is Sam Neill sitting <laughs> <laughs> in the captain's chair with his eyes yeah. gouged because that's that's all I've ever seen. And I'm like, oh, this movie looks fucked up. Yeah. And I just never knew what it was. But it was not a dream, as it no. turns out. But no, I agree with both of you. I was very, very pleasantly surprised by this film. So glad our friends over on Patreon chose it. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know when I would have watched this movie otherwise. Yeah. And I think it's it's better than I expected it to be. And it's great just for what it is. Yeah. It, it just like I know I already said it, but it really trips me out yeah. that so many people hated this. It blows my mind. Yeah, that's weird. The more I think about it, like there's not even anything you can really point to. Right. No. Precisely. There are things I w- would have liked to have been done better. Mm-hmm. But there's, yeah. there's nothing here to where I can say, oh, that was bullshit. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, they did. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess that can lead us into ratings. I think on the positive side, the cast and their chemistry is fantastic. It really, really puts me in the mind of the crew from the Nostromo and Alien. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure that's what their intention was. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think clearly, yes. Mission accomplished. But I think that the production design, the cinematography also deserve a shout out. Mm -hmm. The story and the idea... I think that, again, for someone who's non-religious, the idea of hell intrigues the fuck out of me. Yeah. Just the logistics of it. Also, this interpretation of it, because it's like... It's a lot. (laughs) You're just getting straight up fucking tortured. Like, it's... And but some people are into it like we're he was was down for it oh hell yeah (laughs) but the thing is is that you don't often see stories in space that include hell yeah yeah it's not typically you know it's usually hell on earth armageddon situation or you're in space and there's some aliens right but to mash it together that's really a brilliant idea Prince of darkness yeah seriously hat tip to prince of darkness i have to that's the literally my exact next point is the science and religion thing yeah interesting some of the special effects and that will lead me into my negatives <laughs> yeah. some, some of, of the, the special, special effects <laughs> <laughs> i think one thing that bothered me more than anything is some of the characterization like i would love to know stark's story yeah what's mm-hmm. her thing right you know what she's miller's second in command but she gets the shaft yeah we really just needed more time yeah i think and it's probably in the things yeah. that were coming. Right, right. I guarantee that the, her story's in there. DJ's story was probably in there. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's more, and again, the same thing, more hell. I want more of it. Yeah. I want more of the disturbing shit. I want more of that crew tape. Yeah. Was uh, Smith's fear getting blown up? <laughs> <laughs> if so, 
You know, Nailed always, it. You know, I told you a long time ago that a fear of mine is starting my car and exploding in it. Yes. Yeah. And so every time I start my car, my forehead's a little sweaty. <laughs> but <laughs> so I mean, I mean, that's not my biggest fear. But if that were to happen, mission accomplished. The ship knows. Yeah, the ship's like, I got you, fam. <laughs> but honestly, the things that bother me the most about the film are the things that the studio took out. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't right. that normally the right. way it goes? Yep. So I mean, if you would have just allowed him. A little more time to clean it up because even he wasn't happy with the first edit. Yeah. I think that this film would rate a lot higher for me. But as it stands on a scale of 10 violent visions of hell, I am going to give Event Horizon eight violent visions of hell out of 10. This movie's going in my rotation. For sure. Oh, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it way more than I thought I would. But I will now open the floor to you. I I also really enjoyed... Uh this and i do want to start watching it more um my my issue was was uh the cheese <laughs> <laughs> it was because everything is very serious mm-hmm. and then it gets just thrown in there it's like wait what what is this dude really <laughs> fucking flying into space on debris yes you know what i mean and, he's like, and then yeah <laughs> Then he comes back. He's like, "I'm back, motherfucker." He was. You're in space, dude. <laughs> With you're, no oxygen. Yeah, you're really fixing to fly into this fucking planet's atmosphere mm-hmm. to get to a plane. Listen, there. If Captain Marvel can do it, so can Cooper. I don't think that's the same thing. <laughs> I like Cooper more. No, well, <laughs> does he have spe- superpowers? But I mean, that's just small dumb shit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um. But yeah, this this is a good time. And see me, I remembered Blue Sam Neil mm. when he's already all. You know what I mean? Yeah. When he's accepted it, <laughs> yeah. That's what I remembered. Uh, um, but yeah, this movie is good. It's a fun time. And for me, on a scale from one to ten, violent visions of hell. I'm with you, T. I'm gonna give it eight. I uh, I really enjoyed this movie. And like I said, I want to now go watch it just to watch it. Mm-hmm. No pauses, no whatever. Let's sit down and fucking watch this. Because there's a lot that's happening and happening. And then, yeah, we're having to pay attention when we watch it for the show. But being able to sit there and like, all right, now it's time. You yeah. know what I mean? It, it's good. It's a good time. Mm-hmm. And it's one to be enjoyed. Oh, yeah. Like the pacing, I bet, is a lot better if you don't have to pause every yeah. five yeah. seconds. <laughs> um, I already said I loved this. The only thing is I really wish that we could have seen more of the freaky yeah, shit. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Um, This was, it doesn't have the tension of Alien, but it has some really fucking great tension. Yeah. Like there mm-hmm. were moments with... uh. Uh, specifically with Stark and Miller that I was like, she's going to get cut in half. Yeah. Like, I was like, what is about to happen? Um, I did read an interview with Jolie Richardson mm-hmm. and she said that she thinks that the film is haunted and that they were doing that, a take of that and the door closed on her foot. And I, I mean, I guess that was enough for her. And then it's a low bar. There's Julie. a scene where her and Sam Neil have to fall to the floor, and she said that both they're, they're supposed to throw themselves onto the floor. Yeah. Both of them remember jumping out of the chair and then waking up on the floor every time that they did it. They don't remember falling. So she, I mean, it was haunted clearly. Yeah. So is the gravity drive real? Yeah. <laughs> they did build it. I'm worried about that. Well, fuck. But um, 
I don't know. That was a, a side tangent, but <laughs> yeah. I, I, this is great. You can see the influences, oh, but yeah. I feel like it's done in a way where you, it's like, y'all know that I'm, y'all know that this is Hellraiser. Yeah. I'm not yeah. trying to get one over. Um, this is an homage, you know? And that's why I didn't put that down because it's not a positive or a negative. Yeah. I, yeah. But it is a thing. It's a thing that's yeah. here. It, it was, it was the, uh, the gravity thing itself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's that's just a puzzle box. <laughs> I was like, come on. They're like, but it's a circle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. But um, no, this is a blast. I will definitely be watching this again. If you haven't seen it, even though we just spoiled it, I would still recommend you watching it. <laughs> so on a scale from one to ten violent visions of hell, I gave Event Horizon 8.5 mm. Violent Visions All of right. Hell. I really fucking had a great time. Yeah. Like oh, I said, no, I'm yeah. mad that <laughs> I've never seen this before. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, again, thank you to the Patreon for making us watch this oh, yeah. because that was a very good time. And I do have interesting news as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're planning an Event Horizon TV series. Oh, shit. Yeah. Is... Anderson involved? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and what is it going to be on? Um, oh. oh, hopefully not Paramount. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate Event Horizon and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the Podmortem. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at TravisMWH, at Blood and Smoke, and at RealStreeter84. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special thank you to our Wendigo Getter patrons. And remember, while the quest for knowledge is a noble venture, sometimes the most pressing questions are better left unanswered. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned. We want to give a very special thank you to all of our Wendigo Getter patrons. Woo! Yeah. Thank you. We're on some funky shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's a party. I'll allow it. <laughs> Wait, it's your court. I can't do that. Yeah. I'll allow um, it. Your Honor. <laughs> Approach the bench. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Special thank you to Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Melanie Van Huesden, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M., Jordan Nash, Kent Morton, Guy54, Lala Thomas, Travis and Nisa Hunter, Miguel Myers, ATX, Mandy, Jennifer Perez, Pierre Lombard, Allison O'Neill, Carissa, TJ Bronson, Gabrielle Trevino, Spooky Mom, Andy Teague, Applin Ontiveros, Karima Rhodes, Antonio Huerta, Kimberly Kleindienst, Will Brown, Linda, Sydney Smith, Osvaldo Soto, Jonathan Booth, Bobby Holmes, Donna Eason, J.D. Rizak, Molly Gerhardt, Armand Spasto, Aaron Aguirre, Eggy, William Berry, Brittany, Charity Oxner, Amanda Six, Mandy Rainwater, Diego Moreno, and Garrett Rogers. Thank you all so much. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank, thank you. you. We are very appreciative of all your support, and we are honored that you are part of our crew. Aw, yeah. like it's a, it's a, them. Yeah, it's a sweet one. But, yeah. but it ends b- better. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time.